All right, motherfucker. Are you ready? No. Are you ready? No. Perfect. Blast from the past. Yo, Contra Crusade Podcast. EJ Olson. Nick Durheim is not with me today, but we have something kind of special we've talked about over and over. Here's the deal. We were going to cover the Nintendo Direct today. So for context here, uh, the Direct was one week ago. It is now Wednesday the 20th at 10.46 p.m. I uh, just got back from a, a trip. And, you know, unfortunately, we did not get a chance to record. And this is what we're doing this week. This is our first episode we recorded way back in 2016. Uh, unfortunately, you know, at the time, we had our whole setup. We were filming it, you know, the, the whole nine yards. Uh, the our mics there was an audio error didn't work, and as the story famously goes, uh, we we recorded the next night. Everything worked flawlessly except for, you know, us being tired and trying to rehash a conversation we had only you know twenty four hours prior. Did not work out. We ended up obviously switching directions, doing audio only. But anyway. Uh, forgive the audio quality on this. It's not good. This is the on-camera mic, which was, you know, eight feet from us or whatever, six feet from us. And so it, it sounds like shit. I've tried to kind of, you know, boost it and level it and try to make it listenable. If it's not, it's not. But for those who are interested, this is this is the podcast origin. This is the first podcast, Long Lost. Here we go. Oh, dude, we're doing our first podcast. Official. We're in the same room. We had a fucking camera going. They know. They. It's like they're here with us. No. It's like they're here with us. With us? With us. With us. Stationary. Who are these people? There are no people. No one is watching this. You know, we might be able to like twist some arms, get some views. Make make our friends watch us. None of our friends care about retro games. Or games, really. Well, we're not talking about really retro games. And I guarantee you. Well, not really. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we fucking will be. Look at look behind you. Look at all these games back here. Yeah, they're all trash. I'm gonna, that's why I put them back badly. <laughs> not the PS4 games. I'm talking about the collection of Super Nintendo NES. Oh, yeah. Take a look. Those games you, you see can't that? fucking see. Like, insert picture here. Yeah. Don't worry. It'll, uh, It'll we're gonna, come through a post. We're going to do our GBA series, but then we're going to come around and we're going to do the SNES series. We're going to do the fucking, the, the you know... Super Nintendo. All right, here's the deal. I still don't brush my teeth, so I'm sorry if you get some bad breath over there. My nerves getting beer breath. Oh. Beer, beer. That's good. So we need to try to not pretend anyone's watching us. We're we're having a conversation. I know, like in our heads, it's already hard for me to be like, we're talking for someone here. We're just talking about our favorite games now. Yeah, you're, you're very. I can tell. I can tell that you can tell. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Do you actually want to do the Super Nintendo series? Yeah. I have a lot of games on here. Good reason to play. In the same way that we're doing the GBA series? No. I do not want to play. Th- I didn't even want to do the GBA well, one. We'll see. I, okay, here's the deal. We're tackling... Okay, we're tackling <laughs> the launch, which I would want to do regardless. I would do the SNES launch. That'd be very easy. There's like six games, maybe. And none of them are good, except for Super Mario World. Yeah, Mario World. <laughs> That's the only one. Which, I mean, how many of the GBA launch titles are you actually super stoked to play and talk about? Four of them. I'd have, to go, I'd have to go back to the list. Which, to be fair, Kenobi, that's not a bad launch. Okay? Consider, well, okay. Considering companies have so long to work on these consoles, 
When's the last time there was like a like a like a, a world class launch for a video game system? I don't know. I'm not very uh, well versed in the the last two generations, basically, for their launches. Like fucking gun. Like come on. Like there really aren't. Like I don't know what the DS launched with. I don't know what 3DS launched with. I don't know what PS4, Ooh. PS3. We could look that up. I mean PS4. Yeah, I, the only PS4 launch game I know of is Knack. Only because it's a fucking meme. <laughs> Not a good game. North American DS launch games. You want to know this? How many? I, I got a fucking... Above? One, two, below three, ten. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine, uh. Feel the magic. X, Y, X, X. I remember, I remember that. Shit. Yeah, I remember that game, actually. And Madden NFL 2005. Funny. Ping Pals. THQ game. Uh, how the mighty have fallen. Ridge Racer DS. Like the obligatory, like... Oh, the obligatory. You have to have this. Obligatory? <laughs> yes. Obligatory. Oh. Peaking, motherfucker. Um, I just, I want to get into the fucking mic oh, so bad. Yeah. I, I can't throw my game down anymore. Spider-Man 2, the worst version of a really great open world game. Activision. Yeah. Sprung. Metroid Prime Hunter's first hunt. Oh, yeah. I remember the Hunter's one. What is that? It's not, it didn't link to anything. Was that just a demo? Yes, it was a demo for okay. Metroid Prime Hunter's. That's what I thought. Super Mario 64 DS, which, support. if I recall, was not well regarded when it came out. People were upset about it. And no, Tiger I, I Woods. Feel like, I feel like, I don't know, I didn't actually play it. I just know that you could play as different characters. Like, you could play as Mario or Luigi or Toad. Wario or Toad. Yeah, and Toad is what I remember. Which, specifically. Anyway, like, I'm just saying, launches are generally not very great. No. And Which is weird. A system to launch with a Castlevania game, a brand new Castlevania game. That's pretty cool. That's pretty big. I mean, for a system that three of that's them true. in a four-year span, you know? Yeah. I guess that's a good point. So the GBA is, like, depressingly enough, like... Also, it didn't, it didn't outsell the PSP, but it sold, like, 80 million units, and the DS came out in 2004. So if you think about it, it had three and a half years where it was the, like, handheld. Yeah, and you know what? The only reason that the DS, I think, did as well initially was because you could still play your Game Boy Advance games. And they were still releasing Game Boy Advance games well into the DS. Oh, yeah, because Nintendo was genius with their handhelds. Everyone was like, hey, mm-hmm. you can play your last last year's games on the, the new console. So people say that, oh, you know, the DS sold X, Y, and Z. It's like, a lot of parents probably just bought that thinking this is how they play their Game Boy games. Yeah. And it was. And Game Boy Advance um, still played Game Boy games. Like, yeah. when I got a DS Lite, it was for fucking Pokemon, mm-hmm. third gen. Um, Diamond Pearl? No. Third Ruby, gen. Ruby Sapphire. Ruby Sapphire, Fire Red Green. Um, and Mario Kart DS. Which is fucking Dude, such a great game. It's one of my favorite Mario Karts. Alright, so. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> dude, what is up with this beer? It's the fucking pizza we ate. No, <laughs> dude, it's the fucking boar. <laughs> I'm getting bored. <laughs> We're not the only ones who's bored. <laughs> dude, I'm peeking so much, dude. It's really bad. I am shocked at this. If we would have both had the same mic, it's never. Then we would have peaked just the same mic. It's because you're drinking. I'm here, so you're fucking. <laughs> am I talking louder than I talk usually? Well, I'm. No. Yeah, I'm usually not here while you're recording. That's true. It's just I. I I'm usually louder because I have headphones on. So like I'm compensating because I can't. I'm not monitoring no, myself. No, no, you talk. You talk. I talk quieter when I have headphones on. I talk way louder because I'm trying to hear myself. I'm talking quieter because I know I'm being loud. So, correct. That's true. Dude, I'm gonna get sweaty. 
I can already feel the heat I can see in. it. I can see it. I'm glistening. I'm this Am I glistening? Stop. Yes, you I know are. I'm glistening. <laughs> like, a, like a hot, sexy woman in a club. Like a boner in the night. <laughs> okay, R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the, um, what's the song? Wrapped up like a douche, like a boner in the night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know the fucking song? Yeah, I uh, But I can't place it right now because I'm, you know, no, only a, 24, not 50. I just remember the... Is it Bon Jovi? No. Who cares? Nobody cares. Is it Journey? I can't remember. I don't know. I'm so bad about old music. Anyway, I'm EJ Olson. This is my esteemed colleague, Sir Nicholas Durheim. Yes, oh. he's been knighted. By Sir the, Nicholas. By the queen. <laughs> we don't. Which queen? We don't know. Um, this is the Console Crusade podcast, and I'm going to try not to say um this entire time. Every time he does, I will... Press the button under the table that gives them a shock to the taint. <laughs> I'm glad you said taint. That's exactly what I was going to say. Okay. We're on the same level here. Take so, level. we've been eating some pizza. We've been drinking some beer. And we're here to just introduce ourselves. Uh, I mean, we're just here to talk about fucking video games. Uh, video games. Occasionally some basketball. You'll fucking drool over there while I talk about how my blazers are doing. You'll see my eyes glaze over. Yeah. I, go, I get real tangential from time to time. Uh, but that's okay. Or the console crusade, which I know what you're thinking, YouTube, uh, uh, and people who aren't watching on YouTube, people like Nick who hates YouTube with a fiery passion. It's too much. It's too uh, much for me. I know you guys are thinking consoles, uh, PC master. Fuck you. You can't see over here, but I got a real nice PC over here. This guy, real nice PC over there. But it doesn't matter because guess what? You can't play on uh, your PC. Nintendo games. Nah, I'm, I mean, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not legally, not officially. I can't pop in my, my Wii U disc. I'm sorry, Miyamoto. <laughs> oh, no. You hey, want to be so disappointed. You, you address the, the PC Master Race people. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, they're very vocal vocal people. This is what they do. No, no. I've got a point, though. You've okay? got a point. Oh, yeah, I'm coming to a point. I'm, gonna, I'm here. I'm listening to your point. Okay, did you, uh, <clears throat> Battlefield 1 just came out two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? I haven't played it, don't know. Two or three weeks ago. Yeah, recently. Um, concurrent playlist, or players, numbers? Numbers. PS4 exceeds Xbox One and PC combined. That's crazy. So I think that kind of gives you a little bit of insight, because it's hard to tell how many people are actually playing on PC, like these big like new games, yeah. have like, strong enough computers to be playing these games. And there's like 50 million uh, PS4s in the wild, in maybe, the wild. maybe like 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 to 30 Xbox Ones. So that would kind of lead you to believe that there are about that many PCs also. I mean... So I think this is a very vocal minority that are just like, PCs all the way, brother. They, it, it's always a vocal minority, especially on the internet. You know what they're going to do? These, these fuckers, and I've been guilty of doing this. Okay? <laughs> these fuckers. These fuckers, <laughs> myself included, they, they, they're going to get on there and they're going to hashtag console and they're going to search... They're going to find the console crusade, and we're going to get, we'll never hear the end of it. Well, I mean, we could just rename the podcast right now to Peasant Crusade. I mean, <laughs> that would be way more accurate, even out of context of video games. For like, the poors and the dumbs. Yeah. AKA, <laughs> thing one, thing two over here. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. I don't know what that was. That was really fucking so, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we do have a few series planned going forward, uh, the first of which... We don't have a name for it yet, but we're going to be playing through 
Yeah. Tentatively. <laughs> we our plan is, which will inevitably fall through the floor because we're lazy and our our ambition has a very short uh, shelf life. We're gonna play through each month of releases on the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> like which, if you don't know, there's what like twelve hundred Game Boy Advance titles that came out. Thirty between, of them were worth playing between two thousand one and I think I think they stopped making games like two thousand seven, which <sighs> is not oh. bad considering the DS came out two thousand four. You so know, it, kind of, it, it definitely tapered down. All those late releases are going to be just Dude, shovelware. All and of those releases. Games. I don't know if you looked at December two thousand one. Uh -huh. A lot of Nickelodeon games. Are we gonna have to? Are we gonna have to watch all the Game Boy Advance videos as no, well? No, no, no. Those aren't games. I got several of them back there. The good ones. Dexter's Lab. Fairly outrageous. A couple of those. Uh, so we we have those series planned out, and we've begun work on them. But we wanted to kind of start off, introduce ourselves uh, to the world. You know, these schmoes. Here we are. Uh, but the topic being. Our top 10 favorite games of all time. Now, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, boy. I know what everyone's initial thought is. Who gives a fuck? No one fucking cares. No one. And I've been, I've been trying to tell this motherfucker over here that you can't choose your top 10 based on the quality of the game, but based on your, like, memories and nostalgia for it. It's hard. So he's, like, trying to tempt... He's trying to, like... Oh, well, I like this game, but I know this game's better. Like, it doesn't matter which game's better. It's about which game you like more. I also don't want to be disingenuous and, like, misrepresent who I am as a gamer. Well, everyone knows means. which game is the best. If they want to look it up, they can go to fucking that's, any review site and see the numbers. So, that being said, the list was really hard to make. Oh, God. Not only because, like, nostalgia gets stronger the older we get, mm -hmm. right? And at some of the best games I've ever played, I have played in the last five years. Five, six years. I'm not far enough removed from these games that, like, shaped who I am as a, like, I keep saying gamer, but just as someone who cons consumes media, like, it was totally shaped by the kind of games I grew up playing. And, you know, what I, I immersed myself in. So it's like, some of these games, like, oh, I have to put this on there because it's so important to me and I have all these memories, but it's like, even as, spoiler alert here, um, like I put Mario Kart Double Dash. We talked about this. Mm. Like Mario Kart Eight is, except for the battle mode, is better in every way. Like it, it I, I enjoy it way more now. Like going back to Double Dash is really hard after playing Mario Kart Eight, which is so great. But it's like Mario Kart Double Dash. I have so much nostalgia for it. The two of us. Oh yeah. Blanket forts. Seventh grade, man. It's a good time. It's a good time. Staying up way too late. Yeah. Trying to get, trying to get that uh, mirror mode completed. <sighs> Unlock all the characters, get all the cards. Wonderful. It was a game. But I had to put Double Dash on the list just because of those that nostalgia. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And you know, in another five years, I might look back and say, Double Dash is great, but I'd never want to play it again. Like, Mario Kart 8 is like the superior. That's what I want to go play and have fun with. Yeah, and I had to do that too in my list where, you know, I like the series, but I have to like choose which game I have the most like fond memories for. Right. So that's it's tough. tough. I know it's especially tough for you because you've played way more games than I have. Yeah, probably. <laughs> because um, at the same time, I still have, I still like, I look at what games other people have played and I still think, man, I, I had such a narrow experience. Like I had five games with the Super Nintendo, but they were the five best games on the Super right. Nintendo, you know? I feel the same way when I listen to other podcasts. Like some of these guys, it's like, dude, there's dropping you... knowledge on some obscure game that you've only ever heard the title of. And I'm like, 
Not even that. I don't even. Not, I've never even heard of that game. And they're talking about it like it's a fucking classic. I'm like, dude, and what? it probably is. It probably is. How many games do you think? Like, and when I say games, I know there are, there are tens of th- hundreds of thousands of games mm. in the world. When I say game, I mean like quality. I'm not talking about smartphone apps, rinky dink DOS game. I'm talking, you know, like when we think of a video game, we're gonna go sit down and play in 2016, the current year. We're splintering our audience. I'm so sorry. Well, I don't if if you care about. Anyway, finish games, your I don't. Whatever. Like, there are still like tens of thousands of games, right? Yeah. Maybe 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 that's an exaggeration. I don't know. No, there's so many games. That's out probably under anymore. exaggeration. <sighs> Especially if you can ch- consider each uh, console version as a different game. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't. I mean, there are like if you look at the Wii version of Madden in. 2010. Okay. It's going to be different from okay. the PS3 and Xbox. That's like, okay, then, then we're getting to the nitty gritty of like, I'm just saying, I want to play every console game that's ever come out. Do I really need to play 23 versions of fucking NBA 2K? Do I really need to do that? You don't have to, but it's no. a different game. Technically. Yeah. Probably it's going to be some sort of ridiculous collector trying to get a complete collection. Then those are the numbers I care about. But I'm just talking about unique experiences. I want to experience as much of it as possible. I'll never be able to play the games that are all the console games that have been released. Even the ones worth playing, I probably won't be able to go back and play all of them so, and continue to like play modern games. So here's a question then. Ridiculous. So, obviously, there are thousands and thousands of games out there. On this top ten list that you have constructed, could you only play these games for the rest of your life? Or would oh, you rather not, pl- <laughs> not play any of these games ever again and only play other games? Oh, Okay. That's a really tough question. Because I know, I know some of these games on this list you, you <laughs> always go back to. Yeah, that's especially if you think of it as a series. If I nailed it to uh, the series, you would be screwed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could play these games and the games in the series, easily this could sustain me for the rest of my life, and I wouldn't right? another game. Like I'd be totally because fine. you're just a nostalgia jerk in it. Not even that. Okay, so <laughs> I am. This is a question that we should consider as we go through our lists, okay. because. Easily, this list could sustain me for the rest of my life. I think this this my list Easily. has sustained me for the last years. <laughs> it has sustained me until the age of twenty five, and it will sustain me until the age of twenty six. <laughs> That's it. I'm not trying to think much further than that. <laughs> no, it's even even thinking a year in advance is, is it's too much commitment. Okay, okay. How, how about this? You start me off. What's the first game you have on your list? Now, we're okay. not going by number one, number two, number three. We're just no. going by. One of them, one of them, one of them, because we can't, there's no way we could possibly try and list them. I even listed these um, as they came to my brain. I'm going to read them out of order here. Perfect. Because I don't Just even... Just don't reread. <laughs> well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll make a note here so I don't... Uh, I can, like I said, I can get tangential and I'll forget what I was talking about. Perfect. I'll have a stroke, make conversation, and, you know, I... I, I give me, give me a game. What's a game on your list? All right. I'm going to start off with the only Zelda game I've completed. Mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Oh, yes. Love that game. It's a fantastic game. I'm going to say, I love that game about all these games. Uh, weird. As if you didn't know, as a top 10 list, I love that game. Everything about that game to me. I mean, I almost cry when I hear the ocean theme from that game. Like just the countless hours spent, just didn't matter where I was. Huddled up in my music room all alone in the dark. Hearing in my head right now. Right. Oh my God, that's wonderful. Whenever I think about that theme, I think of uh, the guy who does the acapella 
versions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that guy. I love him. Oh, he's so great. <laughs> smooth McGroove. <laughs> Sorry, Smooth. They're <laughs> dropping you on our new YouTube. <laughs> God, he's great. And I think of his cover of that song whenever I think of The Wind Waker. Uh, but it gave me a nightmare. I, I know that game was like really panned when it came out and, and the hype, there was no hype leading up to it. People were mm-hmm. so mad when they first got a glimpse of it. I don't care. I think as time has gone on, people remember that game much more fondly because I think oh, it's yeah. one of the strongest Zelda games. Not only because the aesthetic is adorable and I love adorable oh, things. Oh, it's timeless. Um, that's, a, that's a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. We've talked about multiple times going back and playing Ocarina of Time. It does not age well. Well, it, I don't think it does. And without mm-hmm. the nostalgia, it's hard to go back and play. I've tried and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a picky gamer. And yeah, we don't want to open that can of worms right yeah. now. But Trying to appreciate, not depreciate. Yeah, and maybe this is like like Wind Waker was like a precursor to my love for open world games where mm-hmm. it's like even though it's not truly open world there's it's it's linear give or take for the most part yeah um, but the feeling of being able to go out and explore and I can just go to this <clears> island <throat> even if nothing's there for me I can't get in there until I've advanced in the story far enough but I'm exploring and I'm enjoying the, the atmosphere uh, wonderful game uh, oh man I'm trying to think the first one I played that game you know, I don't know when I first experienced it, but I do know in high school, uh, I had a buddy who, who borrowed a bunch of DVDs for me and someone close to him had robbed him and all my stuff went missing. So to kind of pay me back for, for my items that had been pawned or whatever. His penance. Yeah. He, he was like, well, I've got this old GameCube link. So I, I know I experienced Wind Waker for the first time in seventh grade. I got a, I got a GameCube mm. uh, in seventh grade after we moved, and I switched schools. And it was kind of my parents' way of like, sorry, and and here I hope this helped kind of thing, right? Um, but I didn't get very far. I didn't, I, you know, whatever. It was in high school, my sophomore year, maybe my freshman year. I don't know. I'm getting tangential later. Uh, and he's like, I got this old thing laying around, and. It, a couple years prior, I had sold or I had traded my GameCube for a DS because I thought it was so cool. And I remember when I did it, thinking to myself, oh my God, they're going to release Smash Bros. on this thing like in a couple years. Ooh. Yeah, that's literally why I did it, thinking <laughs> I'm going to be able to play Smash Bros. on the school bus every morning. Like, done deal. So I traded it. But anyway, this guy, I've got this dusty old game system lying around. Like, do you want it? Would that be okay? I was all over it. Came with Zelda, the Master Quest disc, uh, Wind Waker, um, Mario Kart, Smash Bros. I mean, all these staples that I had gotten rid of years prior. The ones you want. Idiot. Yeah. And I remember just sitting up in the music room. This is a guy I, I played music with back in the day. And, and we would sit upstairs playing music till like 2, 3 in the morning. We'd take a break. We'd hop up on the stage. And we'd sit there just be playing this little old CRT TV. Uh, and I just, dude, that theme. You just get lost, man. Sailing the oceans now. Now, when, if I go to the beach... Like, pop the headphones in. I got two things, man. It's either Wind Waker or it's the Alchemy Index. But that's <laughs> another topic for another time. <laughs> so, yeah, wonderful game. I don't know. You uh, you never beat that game, did you? No. Not on GameCube and not on the HD re-release. Uh, I initially, I first bought that game from a CD game exchange. And much to my chagrin, <laughs> I reached a point in the game where the disc would no longer read, and then that was it for me. And I couldn't return it to the CD game without them being like, 
Yeah, we traded this in for like a dollar. A dollar. We're talking about a racket. Yeah, and then it, it was just like it was too messed up. It couldn't couldn't be fixed. So well, I, I how far were you in the game when that happened? Not very. I mean, it was like if you at home. No, but I think I just uh, being the 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 bird the top of the Forbidden Fortress when you go back there. Oh God! Okay, so like so, yeah. so that's like second dungeon basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like I hadn't even done like the first little bit of the deku tree, but then nothing yeah. much further than that. You got further on the HD version though, right? Oh, much further. Yeah, I'm at the last fetch quest. Okay, which fetch is quest shorter. much shorter. Oh, in the in the in the in the speed sales, I didn't. You know what? The the what do they call it? The I didn't use the speed sailing. Really? In the remake, yeah, no. Did you ever get, did you even get them? It's kind of weird how you, how you find well, them. Well, the first time you, you sail, it's like, hey, do you want to have a faster sailing speed? I was like, no. No, if I recall, you have to like go to an auction and you have to outbid some people. It's a really weird process. Uh, well, I, I, I didn't need that anyway because yeah. it's fairly quick that you get the, uh, the teleporting. So, I mean, it was like, I was never a big deal That's true. Me. That's true. Um, I didn't use it half the time because, like I said, my favorite part of that game was just sailing. You know, you, you run into these pirate outposts. Yeah. And you run into random islands, and it just it just a good experience. And by the time I played the HD version, you know, it was nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to just taking a break from from fighting moblins and shit, and just experiencing the open auction. It's a nice break. There's something about that with the pacing in that game. Like it, it was kind of what you wanted to make it. But for me, like a game, maybe that's why I, I love open world games like I do. Is because. It can be as quick or slow as you want. It's your own experience. And so the pacing of that game was the first time I ever, like, thought about, like, this is great. I'm going, I'm action, going, 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 you know, 100 miles an hour, and then it's like, I'm relaxing. And genuinely relax. Like, how often are you playing a video game, and you, you just kind of sit back in your couch, and you're like, you're relaxed, you're chill, dude. It is rare. And when you when you feel it, you're like, this is this is something new. This is like, cool. I'm trying to think of the all the times I've, like, experienced that, like Zelda, I mean, Animal Crossing, that game was made to just get stoned and sit on your couch and relax. I guess, like, Animal Crossing has never been, like, a relaxing game for me. It's always been, like, a zone-out kind of game, which I don't think are the same thing for me, personally. Fair, yeah, fair enough. I, like, I get that from, like, some, like, Fez with the soundtrack and the, the art style. That game stresses me out, though. I see, I know what you're saying. I never got stressed out, but that, that game, every time something new and cool popped up, I was like, dang, I'm just fucking, this is tight. This is, like, intriguing my brain, but also, like, Easing me in. It's great. Anyway, not even on my list, but I thought I'd give it a little honorary shout out. So what's the first game on your list then? First game on my list. Have you got a Zelda game on your on your top ten? I considered it, which, you know, shame on me not having a Zelda game on my top ten. Okay, so before you get in your top ten, what's your favorite Zelda game? If I had to pick one, it'd probably be Awakening for the Game Boy. Link's Awakening? Yeah. Okay. Because I was... I think it was the first uh, Zelda game I actually beat by myself. How old were you? I was young. Like I was like that's specific. Six or seven. Okay. Damn. I didn't. I, I did not have a, a proper grasp on video games at six or seven. It, actually, it might have been eight because I think I got it around the same time I got uh, my first Pokemon game, which okay. was the year it came out. Okay. Ninety-eight. I feel like I wasn't until I was about eight years old that I like I got a grasp on on you know more RPG elements and puzzle elements. Before, I, all I played was like platformers mm-hmm. and like racing games. Well, as we all know, I'm a better gamer than you are. That's so that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, all the Zelda games, I've played most of the Zelda games and I've beaten about half of them. So, okay, like, how many of the 3D Zelda games have you beaten? 
Well, I've beaten Ocarina of Time. I haven't beaten Wind Waker, but I'm darn near close. Damn near close. Beat Twilight Princess. I haven't played Skyward Sword, so I can't count that. Okay. But, um... It is technically a 3D Zelda. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. I know it is. That's how I played it. I'm saying <laughs> of the ones I've played, I beat half of them. And then I've gotten halfway through Majora's Mask, and that's like... The one I haven't really played is that much. Fair enough. So, first game in your top ten. First game on my top ten. Earliest game on my top ten. Donkey Kong Country 2. <sighs> Don't get me started, boys and girls. <sighs> well, yeah, I'm kidding. Classic game. I, I have a lot of nostalgia for that. You have nostalgia for it, but you, you're a hater, too. So, <laughs> Donkey Kong Country 2, I had to go with because it's just... It's Donkey Kong Country but better because you don't have to control Donkey Kong because he was the worst part of Donkey Kong 1 he's really clunky he's clunky he's a big dude yeah. he just felt better to control uh, the music in those games are just phenomenal world class and so Super Nintendo was my first console got it for Christmas maybe 95 96 and I had the Donkey Kong pack-in I believe either that or my mom got it with the Super Mario World pack-in which is the standard one and just got Donkey Kong Country too. But, so I got that, I get Donkey Kong Country, and that's my first video game. I remember playing that, and actually having to hand off the controller to my mom, to have her help me with some of the more physically demanding, with the hand-eye coordination, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you gotta, gotta time the barrels just right, yeah. barrel cannon, canyon, which we all know. Dude, okay, I, let me interject with how cool is it that you have, like, gaming nostalgia with your mom? Dude, it's phenomenal. I loved it. It's <sighs> Playing Mario Kart with wonderful. her. So many cool memories, Dude. just... Gaming with my mom. I'm, I'm jealous. Because if it was video game stuff with my brother, it was always one of us getting mad at the other one. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, that was cheap. Yeah. Because it was always competitive games. That was cheap, dude. Like, you know, trying to get him to play Smash Bros. We won't play Smash Bros. So yeah. he makes me play instead of play with them, but I just keep using the counters, which are OP in that game. Anyway, Donkey Kong Country <laughs> 2. Had a great soundtrack, had a wonderful aesthetic. I like the pirate stuff. It was really cool. All the music. The level design was really cool. The, the enemies. It was oozing with character. Yeah. And at that age, I did not, I did not realize that there was a marketing campaign that was like, yo, check it out, Super Nintendo, so strong. You don't need that Sega. You don't need that PlayStation. Yeah. But I know people, they look back on it, they're like, Nintendo, that was disingenuous. And for that, we are mad. <laughs> Blast processing! I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that disingenuous. But it was kind of like, we're working with the, the 3D designers, and this is the new future, blah, blah, blah. Dude, this pre-rendered graphics... Still blow me away when it like, looked great. Just the other day, I popped on my DS and I put on DKC2 on my DS and I play it in the native resolution. So you're getting like the purest experience, uh, visually. And I'm just like, this is on the Super Nintendo. You know how many games I put on the Super Nintendo that look like my fucking asshole? That game is beautiful. And the fact that, I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't hold up to modern 3D games, but you look at it and you think like, they were giving us 3D games. Years before they were able to do this with 3D consoles, and not like, even just the like the art style, like the just not even just the graphics, the style that they went with was just so distinct. Yeah, and you, like you see those trees, and you just think, oh, I know. And you hear the noises in your head. You think of the jumps you have to make. You think yeah. of bananas spinning, stationary, floating above these weird <laughs> yeah. trees. Which I mean, before that, Donkey Kong was a he was an, a mean monkey that threw barrels that Mario had to jump over. To be fair, he's still a mean monkey that throws barrels. Well, yes. But he's also a nice monkey who rides a rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's a bit of a leap, yeah. you know, canonically. 
<laughs> okay. Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, those games. I mean, the the mechanics in those, the physics of them. That like taught me how to platform. That and Mario World. Obviously, I've played Mario World's yeah. seminal game. It really just like that's the end all be all of platformers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But Donkey Kong Country Two, so great. And like your animal companions, they they changed them up a little bit. Like you had Squawks, which was in the first one, but you had a separate role in the second one. You actually E Squawks was that the third one. <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway, well, you got a new you got, you got a snake, the little bouncy snake. I mean, there's. Yeah. Dude. Uh, I, I have animals. I have the strangest memory. It was either, I think it's the first boss. You, the the uh, bird. The bird. The cool on the, hat. On the airship. I well, remember just a regular regular pirate ship, but he's got the he's got the pirate it's not hat. An airship. That's no. the final boss is an airship. Excuse me. Pardon me. We got the pizza and beer burps over here. It's terrible. I know it's. Trying, trying to stay carbohydrated. We wouldn't listen to <laughs> Well, you know. Introductory podcast, we burp a lot. Anyway, I have the weirdest memory of that that game and that boss playing it at a, at a neighbor's house. And I was I was five or six, probably six years old, and we were being in their basement, and I couldn't beat him. And the older brother came down and said, oh, this boss is a cinch. And I didn't know what that word meant. Or what the phrase meant in that context. So I thought like cinch was like what that creature was called. Oh, that boss is a cinch. Like, okay. Yeah, no, that boss is a bird. That's a cinch. <laughs> that <laughs> weird bird, the cinch. Like the I don't, cinch I, bird. I, that's so funny. I love that. It, it's such a weird <laughs> I always have the memory when I th- whenever I play that game, I always tell myself this boss is a cinch. Even <laughs> like a real son of a cinch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just a weird little thing that I always think about when I play that. Dude, the boss fights, you bring that up and I just hear the music playing in my head and I'm thinking of the bird, I'm thinking of that weird sword and the lava level. The beat? Is that in the that's the second one, right? The first beat. and second. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I believe there was even a they even came back in the third. I don't remember. I've never played, played the third. Third, that's good. Did you play as the like Diddy Junior that fucker? You got Kitty and you got Kitty. Dixie, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I think it's got redeeming values. Uh, a lot of people like to hate on it, but I feel like it's definitely the worst of the three. But I mean, it's you're competing against Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country Two. Mm. It's hard to you know compete with that. It's just that people were so blown away that the second one was actually better than the first one. So that doesn't really have ever it doesn't happen. happen often. I can I can think of a few games, but there are a lot of sequels in the world. And most of them are markedly worse. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, how to go with DKC two? It was it was tough choosing between that and the first one because the first one yeah. being that early you know childhood right. memory, but the second one is definitely a better game. And I go back to it. And I probably I probably play through and beat it about once a year. Guess what we're doing tonight? Probably gonna play some DKC. Oh, we're playing some DKC two. Oh yeah. So number two on my list for you. I'm jumping around here. So. So one of the things I did when, I, when 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 making this list was I wanted to try to represent all the genres I love, and even if they aren't the best game or even my favorite game in that genre, it's like the most important to me. Right. You know, try to twist your arm for it. So, yeah, it's really tough. And we'll get to some of these games. I still I'm not even committed to the last two. On this oh, list. you're gonna be so defensive. You're like, no, you know, hear me out. <laughs> I might. I, I gotta, I'm just gonna own my choices, folks. I'm gonna own them. So, I'm going to go with Spyro to Ripto's Rage. Ripto's Rage, specifically. He's very angry Ripto. He was a f- angry motherfucker. So, tell me about Spyro 2, because I did not really play... I played a little bit of Spyro. I rented it maybe once. Okay. And I can't remember which one. I just know Pearl Dragon, platformer, kind of fly around. Action, platformer, you're going around. Goofy you're voice. Killing I, had, I had voiceovers, too. Right? Yeah, I had voiceover. Anyway, Spyro had the goofiest fucking voice. Right. Tell me why the second one specifically, and why Spyro impacted Okay. Me. 
Maybe I played the first one at too young of an age, but I was six years old. It was Christmas. I was a first grader, and my parents got me a PlayStation. And at this point, so my first console was an NES, <coughs> as you well know. Mm -hmm. I grew up with it. My dad bought it when it came out in the 80s. I was born in 92. So at this point, this, you know, this ancient relic, this, yeah. you know, NES. Kirby's already come and gone. Exactly. Um, what year was that? Really late release. Sidetracked, yeah. But I'm sorry, I'm 90, 91 or 92. It was, yeah, it really was after release. Super Nintendo. Um, so I, I grew up playing that Mario World uh, Joust. Mario, first game Mario I ever played. Mario Bros, you mean? Mario Mar Bros. Mario World. I say Mario World. I'm hitting my mic. Uh, Mario Bros, yeah. Um, um, Joust is the first game I ever played. First game I have memories of. Um, and I always say it's a shitty uh, uh, arcade port. It's really not that bad. There were a lot of ports of that game. This is one of the better ones. There's a lot of arcade ports that were actually really bad. Yeah, like genuinely terrible. Um, so, you know, going from the NES, and I only had I had very little Genesis experience from family members, very little uh, SNES experience from neighbors or whatever. Um, well, uh, game, you had Game Boy experience by that point, didn't you? No. Maybe, maybe like very cursory. Like I had seen I my maybe, uncle play. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought maybe your uncle um, had a Game Boy. Uh, but excuse me, these damn beer burps. I tell you what, worst beer. So I got the PlayStation. I got Crash Two. I got Spiral One, and something else I can't remember. Not important because I don't own it today. Um, we. I remember hooking that up, and I remember my dad playing, and he wouldn't let me play because he was for him. He's going from. You know, he, my dad's not a gamer at all, but like when the NES came out, that was like revolutionary. Obviously, it brought us back from the video game crash, Atari, you know, video games almost died completely. NES brought it back and it was in everybody's home. My dad went out and bought one on launch day. Like, what? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he tells me this story about uh, he went he went and got it and he was, there was one more in the case and he was like, here, flag down a person. Someone came over to get it out for him and another guy came up and said, I want that right there. And the guy in a squabble over it and it's like my dad arguing over a video game. So, such a foreign concept to me. Which is weird. My dad grew up, I, I grew up watching him play like Half-Life and stuff. Now when you mention video games to him, he scoffs like it's the most childish thing in the world. I'm like, you were like a 30-year-old man playing Half-Life. I remember this. What happened to you? He's <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, you, you joined the dark side, okay? Um, but, but, the PlayStation, I remember him, him playing it that, that the, the next day. I guess Christmas morning, I got it on Christmas Eve. I remember him playing Spiral for the first time. He was trying to figure out, he's like, 3D, what is, how, how do you do this? And I was like, I can show you. <laughs> I remember getting it and experiencing that 3D world for the first time. And most people, they experience their first 3D world as Mario 64, right? Yeah, like probably. whenever you hear about that, it's like. Or like Knights in the very rare corner case. Right, right. So for me, it was Spiral the Dragon. And I remember that first game pretty well. I remember it being really fun, but I didn't really play the story. I just kind of went through, because in the game, there were these portals that take you from world to world and right. level to level. It was obviously, um, the hub world was still very, very popular. Yeah. And so, Mario. Yeah. Kind of, it was the first to, influence first to do a lot of things. Um, so, I remember just running around killing enemies. I didn't really go through the story. I wasn't keen on object objectives. I was, yeah, I was six years old, you know, right. whatever. Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage. All of this to say, Ripto's Rage was, was superior in every way. Uh, the narrative was stronger than, you know, I mean, come on, I was, you know, 
70 the years dragon old. narrative whatever um I found it very humorous. Like, I say the narrative. I mean, the cutscenes were great. It's like watch a little cartoon. The characters were awesome. Uh, and this like cheetah, or this leopard, and this fawn. Fawn is that, is that right? Goat woman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Little fawn. I I go with satyr. Satyr. Yeah. I think I'm getting my. I think of fawn. Confused. I think of like a, a like a like a baby deer. Oh, let's see. It was her name. So I can't, I can't remember. It might have been like a deer pun. I mean that. Yeah, I, I imagine I imagine something like that um, so the characters were great but that game I remember just beating that over and over when my brother and I would just took turns and we'd beat the game and boom we'd restart um, the, the boss fights are just so epic I remember that last boss fight playing against Ripto uh, is just just the different phases uh, as, as you whittle them down um, they had this orb system where you got different power-ups based on these orbs you picked up. Mm. And so you could do, you know, just all sorts of different crazy powers. I'm like, I'm this, I'm this little dragon wreaking havoc, all these crazy, you know. Um, so that was really great. And that's kind of the first 3D game I played, that and Crash. But Spyro is the game I remember the most. Because I remember... Uh, and you I said you had Crash 2, that was your... Yeah. Okay, yeah, because Crash 1, there was, a, there was not nearly that much 3D elements to it. It was a lot of the front-to-back kind of stuff. Yeah. And like sort occasionally of, you do like sort of platforming stuff. But that was an early, yeah. that was a pretty early game. Um, Crash Two is really great. Um, I considered it for my for my three platformer you know list, but that Wrath of Cortex or uh, Wrath of Cortex or Cortex Strikes Back. One, of, I mean, yeah. interchangeable two and three. Yeah, Crash Two. I think Crash Three is warped. Crash Three warped. Oh, warped. But uh, Ripto's Rage. I remember going back when I was sixteen, going to my senior year of seventeen. I was seventeen, going to my senior year, and I was babysitting all summer. I spent my entire summer out in, uh, so I live in Oregon. There's this place in Oregon called Sandy, Oregon. But fuck nowhere. <laughs> I am out in a trailer babysitting uh, a couple of my cousins. And oh, such long days. I can't tell you. Long, hot days in this trailer. Just like trying to distract myself. They'd go down for a nap and I'm just like, going crazy trying to not you know I mean there, there was I was a 17 year old I'm missing out on my summer I'm babysitting because I want that scratch money you know what I mean well the scratch trying to get some women um, hanging out with kids one of those things I was also hanging out with kids um I remember after like two weeks I finally was like hey I can bring my PlayStation I have this old PS1 laying around I can bring this over here and as a te- my, my thought process was I can't bring my game system over I've got, a, I've got a two and a five-year-old here. So bad thing, my, my disc will get scratched, my system will get stomped on, so I didn't bring my systems. I just sit, and I didn't have a smartphone at the time, I had just an old iPod. It was me and Eminem and Godsmack and like, like whatever I was listening to that summer, like right, I don't know. <laughs> and it's a really weird summer, I tell you. <laughs> but I remember finding my old PlayStation 1, I'm hitting my mic again, and thinking to myself, Dude, you could throw this thing off a roof, it'll still work. I don't care. These kids can stomp on it, spit in it, put peanut butter on the laser. I don't care. And they did. <laughs> no, they were, they were really mild-mannered children. But I remember taking that over there, and then that's all I did. I'd sit there, and I'd switch out with my five-year-old cousin, and she'd run around. she gets stuck, and she asked me for help, and I just, we beat Spire together. I actually ended up 100% in that game that summer, uh, beating all the worlds, collecting all the orbs, uh, which I always aspire to do when I play games nowadays. 
Always. Collect all the orbs. I want to <laughs> specifically the orbs. <laughs> I, I want it. I want 100% games. I play games very, like, with my, you know, my obsessive compulsive nature. That's like, I want to do every little side quest. I want to complete everything 100%. I want to yeah, play the hardest difficulty. Orbs, yeah. And it's, I never do it. That's why I never beat anything. It's hard. You don't beat games. <laughs> I just, I don't. I never do. So that game, that's great. Uh, specifically those memories and, and I put that on here because I was able to go back to it at age 17. Yeah, dude, dude, it's so great to have a game that you have nostalgia for and to experience it with somebody else for their first time and them actually, like, enjoy it. Yeah. Like, it's tough when you're like, dude, I love this game. You try to show someone, they're like, no, I don't feel it. That, like, it, kind of hurts, it hurts you on a personal level. Yeah. A little bit. I respect that. Number two. How Number long two. have you been recording here? Dude, for a long time. We've like, been going at it for uh, way too long. No one's going to want to listen to this. I'm sorry, it's everyone. So it's we got so long. I got nine more of this shit. Yeah. We should just do like a... speed it up here. Let's <laughs> speed it up here. Oh, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, number two for number you. Two for me, Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo. So like you said with uh, Spyro 2 for you, kind of the same with Banjo-Kazooie for me. So we got N64, got Ocarina of Time, and Super Mario 64, and obviously played those games a lot. Yeah. Couldn't play, I couldn't play Ocarina of Time that much. Got too scared. It was a little bit difficult because I was Fair a small enough. child. So couldn't handle it. Frightening game. And the funny thing with Banjo Kazooie is, I had a friend who had that game, and I was over at his house one time. He was like, "Dude, it's got this new game. Want to check it out?" It's Banjo Kazooie, and I was like, I looked at it, and I was like, "Eh, doesn't look very interesting," and I totally just blew it off. And like a year later, what a mistake, dude! I know, right? A year <laughs> later, I think, maybe a year or two later, I end up getting that game, and it's just like, this is this is the game. This is the best game. The this is game. the game. For this console, I will say, Banjo Kazooie is the best game on N sixty four. Fuck fight me. I, I can't disagree. I can't. I can't make an argument. I think there are a lot of bad games on that console. Even the well regarded games are really not very good. But it took the the three D, you know, it took the three D platforming genre that Mario sixty four had basically pioneered yeah. and been like, yo, this is how games are. And it took that and it like it followed it note for note. But they that was <laughs> that was an intentional pun. Deep cut. Deep. They fucking owned it. Yeah, they, they owned, owned it. it. They had these great characters. That super funny dialogue. It kind of like it was kind of the early ed- edge of that uh that time period where characters would be like kind of like combative against each other. They're kind of like dicks. Like Kazoo. Nineties to- cartoons. Yeah, dude. Kazoo was a total bitch. Sure. But she was a boss ass bitch. <laughs> boss ass. Boss ass bitch. <laughs> And she just hung out in that goddamn backpack and she helped Banjo fly around. Yeah. Dude, and the, the flying in that game was phenomenal. Like, it controlled just per- everything about that game. Like, every- it felt like it was made for the 64's controller, which not a lot of games really utilize to its full, yeah. full potential. Worst controller in, in modern video game history. Whatever. It worked for it that worked. game. So, what are some of your, your, your fondest memories? I, I specifically remember when we were... 2021 and you were living out the apartments mm. and I remember going up to your room and you were you were playing it um, I think on your PC probably yeah and I think maybe Banjo 2 even I oh I had oh, I had Banjo 2 on my Xbox so I bought it it was one of the oh, uh, really the arcade okay. the rare not the rare replay but yeah. rare got bought by Microsoft so yeah. they had Banjo Kazooie and Banjo 2 on the uh, XBLA and okay. I bought Banjo 2 because I never actually beat it Okay. So I was trying to beat it. That was right after you bought a 360. You had a 360 really late. Yeah. I goofed on that I one. I goofed. <laughs> yeah. That was a big goof. 
I remember. So I remember coming up and you're you're playing that. And I remember you just like gushing. I was like, I've never, I've never played it. Yeah, Banjo Tooie was actually like one of those rare sequels where uh, you had all your powers from the the, the oh, previous installment. Yeah, and like no games do that because of like oh it's harder to you know start new players in. But Banjo Tooie came up pretty late in the system's lifespan, yeah. so they figured if you're gonna buy Banjo Tooie, you've already played and eaten Banjo Kazooie. Right. But Banjo Kazooie like as one of those early games that I got for the sixty four, like that was seminal for me. Yeah. And just like I, I can still play through and 100% that game like right now guess what we're playing tonight Donkey Kong Country it's <laughs> <laughs> so waiting it all and Ed Banjo Kazooie yeah. and Spyro we're gonna play all 20 of these fucking Dude, games I, yeah, all of them before you leave yeah, I'm not no, letting gonna, you leave I'm not going to bed great I, uh, I, yeah. so what's your third because I've already talked about Banjo Kazooie too so much. oh boy I feel like all these games, uh, I'm not going to have anything new to say about them. It's just going to be like, love the game, great aesthetic, lots of nostalgia. I played it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Fire Emblem Awakening. Right. That's one of the more recent ones. 2013? Sounds right. 2013? 2012 or 2013, I'd say. <sighs> this is the reason I bought a DS. And it's weird because I've never beaten a Fire Emblem game prior to Awakening. You'd only played the, uh, the Game Boy Advance one, right? Um, I, I played the two on GBA. Mm. Um, apparently, we can't agree. We rented the same copy. I swear it was Sacred Stones. You swear it was Fire Emblem. It wasn't. Um, I, I can't say one way or the other. I have never played Sacred Stones. So you say. No, I know for a fact. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. So I must have played it at another time, but I remember we had a Hollywood video. Half Hollywood video, half game crazy. Dude, it was the game crazy, man. And we all know Blockbuster Hollywood video, they didn't rent out handheld games, which was which sucked. Because, you know, I, I I had a Game Boy. I, I had my PlayStation, but I had my game. I, I could take it to school. I had, remember we had a lot of, our parents were, our moms were uh, on the PTC, the PTA committee. And we spent a lot of long nights sitting at, at our elementary school. Excuse me. And... Our Game Boy saved our lives, man. Mm. Like, we could have been forced to read books. Or, God forbid. No. We read Interact a lot of books. with anyone. Yeah. We, we, we read a lot of books and we interacted with a lot of people, but we had our Game Boys. And that saved me a lot of a lot of undue misery as a child. But you could never rent them at Hollywood or at Blockbuster. So when Game Crazy moved into the Hollywood video uh, next to our local friend Meyer, they started renting out Game Boy games for a week at a time. Amazing. Oh my god, dude. I remember walking in there, there were big glass display case, any game you wanted. Oh my goodness. I remember getting, you know, Legacy of Goku and uh, uh I remember renting the NES, they put out like the classic mm-hmm. um releases. Right. Uh, I remember playing back going back and playing some of those because I sold my NES off like a fool. Yeah. Uh so anyway, Fire Emblem. I remember playing that game. And I specifically remember playing that first Fire Emblem game on the toilet. And I had never played a game like this. I'm sitting there doing my business. I'm sitting here playing. And that first battle happens. And, excuse me, pardon me. Uh, and, you know, how, however you get into it. But I remember just being like, I've never played a game where, like, what is this system? I'm trying to figure it out. One of the few times where, instead of being scared and turning, you know, the tail tucked between my legs and running off being, you know, this is new and complicated. I was like, this is so fucking cool. The, the rock, paper, scissors system, system, rock, paper, system, scissors. And, <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> I've had a few. Um, and it's so hot in here. I'm getting delirious. Uh, this light is. Are you gonna talk about fire emblem? Or are you just gonna sweat? And <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get that. I promise you. Uh, so the game blew me away. Years later, 2013, I see or I hear that a new fire emblem is coming out, and I'm like, fire emblem. Something sparked in me. I remember that game. I'm like, I remember that game. <laughs> I went out and bought a 3ds before I even knew where to buy the game. I went out and bought a 3ds and said, boom, fire emblem, gonna happen. And then I proceeded to not be able to find a copy of the game for like four weeks. I remember there was a shipping issue, pre-orders didn't go out, you couldn't get a game on store shelves. And then, almost a month later, at this time I'm working graveyards with our buddy Max, who you well know. I know, I think we all know at this point. <sighs> We're on lunch break. We go to a Walmart, specifically to look for Fire Emblem. I get distracted elsewhere in the electronics section. As you are wont to do. I do. I, when I can't go through any electronics section without just meandering, browsing every little fucking thing. This motherfucker. He comes out. Walmart associate in tow. Copy of motherfucking Fire Emblem Awakening. And I said, yo, they got copies. He said, yep, last one. And I said, lucky me. He said, nope, I'm buying it. And I said, what? RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> Fuck me up, dude. This motherfucker didn't even own a 3DS. Not this dude had never played a Fire Emblem game before. It was just one of those things where he's like, I'm going to fuck with EJ. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what his deal was, but I was like, no. So I had to wait another week. Finally found a copy. But this game is one of the first games where, and here's the thing. I know now I've played through the series. This is like Fire Emblem Light. As far as like the in, the barrier of entry for, mm -hmm. for new players, I, of course I played it on hard mode, classic mode. Did a, a lunatic run, not a lunatic plus because I'm not a fucking masochist. <laughs> uh, really, just oh man, I fucking cared about those characters, and I still do. When I play that game, like there are moments where I got legitimately emotional, which does not happen in video games ever, ever. But if any of you guys have played that game. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a moment where a certain character is reunited with her mother. <sighs> and the beauty, the cutscenes on the 3DS, best looking 3DS games by far. The cutscenes on that game, pop them in 3D. And this is, I, I hate the 3D on the 3DS. I mean, the new 3DS is great, but prior to that, the 3D was garbage. Didn't use it for anything. The cutscenes on Fire Emblem Awakening, I'd pop that bitch on, dude. And I would watch these things in full 3D, just like melting my brain. Just beautiful, gorgeous. Uh, but those characters, I still go back. And you know, I picked up Fire Emblem Fates and I haven't been able to play it because I'm like, this isn't, like, these aren't the characters I love. Yeah, I was going to ask if you played uh, Fates. I have. I, I, I got of the iterations. Maybe 10 chapters into, uh, what is it, Birthright, Birthright Conquest Revelations? Yeah. I, I think I'm like 10 chapters into Birthright. And I just, it just, it, okay, it's a Fire Emblem game, cool. But like, I can get that fixed elsewhere. And if I don't care about the characters, like I, I, I'm less inclined to want to devote all that time. And now that they did the Bragic Pass and the three different games, it's like more of a commitment than like an escape. Yeah, it seems like a little bit overcomplicated for uh, what those games have kind of tried to do in the past. I need you to play Awakening. Like I know I've hyped it up so much over the years that you won't give a shit when you finally play it. But I just I'll play it eventually. So much nostalgia. You know. So anyway. 
We're only at number three. We really, I'm sorry. I, I get it like this. Number three, my friend. Number three for me, I've got here Pokemon Silver. So I had to go specifically silver because that was the one I played as a child. Yep. I'm sure gold is just as good. <laughs> I'm sure and it is. I know another similar Pokemon is on your list, but silver for me was that generation. Yeah. So. Strongest gen, dude. We both got, I think we both played red and blue or red or blue. Oh, yeah. Right? So we had that first generation, that first touch of what an RPG is. Mm -hmm. We learned some words. We learned some terms that were very, you know, very important in those kind of styles of games. Yeah. Learned what a critical hit was. Which, They're critical. Dude, and stuff being super effective, you're like, what that means? What that means? I am a child. What does this mean? So we were introduced in the Pokemon series two years before, one year before. Dude, it's so hard to remember. Timeline. They don't care about the timeline. Pokemon Silver came out, and I was in elementary school, and I remember getting it, and I was so stoked. Like, this was one of the first games I got, like, that was within the, like, week that it came out. Like I got it like maybe day after. I think it was a Friday. Yeah. I remember getting it and popping it in my Game Boy in the backseat of my mom's car. And angling yourself in between trying to get the sun trying to get the sunbeams. Okay. No, it was daytime. Okay. It was like we're running errands. So I get it, I pop it in. I think we got a Target. You know. You know buddy, Target. That's where I got my uh copy of Pokemon Crystal here. Oh beautiful. Target, baby. Target. Uh so Pokemon Silver pop it in my Game Boy. And I turn it on, and it's got the different intro, and it's got color. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I watch the full intro. I'm like, dude. Lugia coming across the dude, fucking... like, the water and the shadows. Yeah. Oh. Beautiful. And there's the silhouette. And, oh, man, yeah. So... <laughs> oh, man, yeah. And playing it, and I started, and I was like, okay. So I remembered for the first game, I was like, okay. Grass Pokemon makes it easy throughout the entire game. I want to play it on easy first. And then I'll choose really? a fire starter later. Yes. Really? So I started with Chikorita. Mistake. Mistake, I tell you. Which, obviously, as we all know, is not the best starter for any no. of the gyms. Because no. your first gym you go against is flying type. <laughs> and then the second one is bug. And you're like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> so I, I, I was playing it, and we're inside of Tower Records, and I'm just, like, wandering around. And I get a Pokemon. I get Geodude, and he learns Magnitude. And I'm like... They have new moves. Oh my god. And it was like a random number and it did like a different amount of power based on the magnitude of the move. And I was like, what the, what's a mag, what does magnitude mean? So I asked my mom, like, oh, like an earthquake. I'm like, earthquake? That's a move. So it was just like, so much little, dude, just a little shit like that. That was like mind blowing for me as a kid. Yeah. And like going through and you get different characters and just the color and like the sprites. Yep. Being like in color was just enough for yep. me. But there's so like little tiny things like having the experience part that wasn't in the first game, and then you see like a little life, you, you see a little symbol by your Pokemon. You're like, what does that mean? Yeah. And then later you get to the the, the uh, Pokemon trainer, or the the day the daycare, and you're like, you can breed Pokemon. Yeah, you Pokemon eggs. That blew my mind, dude. So cool, so cool. Let me you articulate get... myself here for a second. It was so cool. So cool. I'm so well spoken. I know. So I'm so cool. so well spoken. Pretty so rad. Cool, and just like the little, you know, you get the little cell phone and like you can get trainers' numbers and they'll call you for a rematch. Or the event Pokemon, or not the event Pokemon, but Swarms Pokemon. Yeah, the Swarms. Dude, yeah. a lot of that was really cool. You finally got Peak Blue, which was Meryl. Yeah. That's about that Meryl Streep. Yeah. Oh, and then, and then the biggest twist in Pokemon history you beat the Elite Four. You're like, all right, sick. And then. I don't know how it's introduced to you in the story, but you're like, oh, you get the waterfall, and you're like, you can climb up waterfalls, and you go east of, uh, of your starting area, yep. and 
pop out. And you're in fucking Kanto. Dude. You're in the original <sighs> red and blue. And <sighs> the gym leaders are still the gym leaders. Some of them have yeah. changed. Koga's daughter yeah. is now the gym leader. So much flavor there. So many wonderful Easter eggs when you go over to It's Kanto. the only sequel in the series. Yeah. <sighs> Which, Nintendo, get your fucking shit together. Dude, it's a lot to ask, man. That was, that was all Iwata. That, dude, that man. God rest his soul, man. He, uh, yeah, I'll drink to that man. I, uh, without a water, that game wouldn't exist. No, you know, no. He came in and personally, we've, we've, we've all been, you know, regaled with this, this tale after he, he I passed. just love it though, because you, 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 you see his, his signature on so many of these games that I, I hold dear to my heart. I'm just like, this guy's just a pinch hitter in all my fucking childhood. Yeah. It's crazy. I saw a, uh, I think, I think John Riggs was selling a balloon. Was it balloon fight? No, what game did he do? I think it was balloon fight. Balloon fight? Uh, Iwata edition. And it's Iwata fl- floating around. That's cute. And like that was the first game you programmed. I'm like, that's really cool. And that's it had nice. Iwata on the label and everything. Um, he did jobs too, didn't he? The port? <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure he actually did the port. No way. I think he worked on that port. No, he didn't. <laughs> You're like, no. Okay, hold on a sec. This could be the first... Uh, code Satoru Iwata ever wrote for Nintendo. This is one of those, uh, the guy got the, the guy just recently found these old uh, boards with prototype NES games on them. Right. Some shady auction. Just missed out on like the Super Mario Bros. and stuff. Joust is one of them. And what did I tell you? Dude, this guy. Oh, oh Frank Safoli. Okay, yeah. Uh, he was at PRG. Um, Safoli's on the Retro Nuts, correct? No, I don't think so. He was on an episode. Listen, probably or something. Yeah. That sounds right. Anyway, anyway. Uh, <clears throat> Satori Water Man. What so, yeah, an impact on our childhood. Pokemon yeah. Silver going through and fighting fighting Blue when mm-hmm. he's the he's in the Elite Four. Or no, he's the he's gym a, leader. Giovanni took Giovanni's place. He's one of the gym leaders, man. and then you go up Mount Silver and you fight fight Red. Red. Oh, dude. And the, the new types, like there's so much cool stuff. They yeah. finally fixed Psychic as not being an OP type. Yeah, they really they balanced the game. It was like. They, they fix all the wrongs of the first game. And then, like, Except you couldn't run. Even, like, Still. a little introduction of, like, uh, the the evolutionary paths. Like, having mm-hmm. uh, Slow King and yeah. Kingdra and, like, those things. I thought that was really cool, right? You could have more Pokemon that evolved through, like, trading. Like, Scizor and Steelix was yep. so tight. Yeah. Steel Pokemon, man. That was one of the biggest things for me when uh, this fool was playing footsie with me on the table here. <laughs> Can't help it. No. Uh, that was the coolest thing for me. Was like old Pokemon were getting evolutions now, mm-hmm. and that blew me away. I don't, and I don't know why. Maybe I don't know. It just was. I Even remember the baby Pokemon. Like they're kind of like you know, dude, awesome. They're kind of a cop out sometimes, but like they're still like really cool. Mm-hmm. The original, at least like Elekid, Magby. Dude, they're all great. Pichu is on it. Dude, they're not all adorable. Great. Iggly Buff. Who cares? Dude, but it was adorable. I like Iggly so Buff. much flavor. I like Cleffa a lot more than Iggly Buff. Uh. So I guess I'm gonna leave this into my number three, which is Pokemon Crystal. Same difference here, right? Right. So for me, I have the same nostalgia with this game. I remember a brief aside here. You know, I like to preface things with ten minutes of pointless nonsense. No one cares about. Mm-hmm. You got me into Pokemon when I'm playing my NES here, not knowing shit about real games, right? I remember playing your copy of Pokemon Red. <laughs> oh, you're copying Pokemon Red, and I, I have this very vivid memory, very specific. Being at at on the playground in North Gresham, mm-hmm. 
uh, elementary school. And you said, classic line. Sure, just don't save. <laughs> like, yeah, start a new one. You can't save. Don't you get, you save. get the one save file. You can't wipe my yeah. shit, dude. You know what Pokemon I had? I probably had like 60. Actually, I'm confusing memories here. This memory that I'm about to tell. Was that about silver or was that about red? No, it was still about red. So the first memory I have of Pokemon was on the, it was still on the, it was on the playground, but I played your save. Mm. I played your save and you, I was sitting on the, on, on the wooden slide in the wood structure. I'm sitting there playing it, getting my light angle all funky and you're doing whatever. And I kept asking you questions because I'm not sure what to do. Right. And I remember running into a Taurus and I remember asking you, I want to catch this Pokemon. Do you have it? And I, and I can't remember, you know, I, I don't know. It, it didn't tell you or whatever. But I remember running to a Taurus and asking if you had it. <laughs> right? So that's my first memory with Pokemon. I have another memory with you, though. We were at my parents' house. And you let me start a new game. And you said, don't, you know, don't, don't say whatever you do. And I remember all I want to do is go catch Pokemon. That's all I wanted to fucking do. And I'm, you're trying to explain to me, like, how to get from point to point B. And at this point, I'm, I'm freshly six years old. Like, I can read fine, but like, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to decipher all this, all this stuff is happening. I'm like, where do I go? Where do I go to do? I just want to go catch a Pokemon. You know, like, you have to go up, you have to get the parcel, deliver it to Oak, you can go up and buy Pokeballs, whatever. And you like walk me through this, but you were like, so, I remember you being so irritating. You're like, figure it out. Classic Nick. Figure it out yourself. Well, yeah, play the fucking game. I'm yeah. gonna hold your hand. Pokemon Assassin's Creed for you. Oh God! <laughs> Teaser alert. <laughs> so that I remember that game is like the reason I like fell in love with reading. I had it was like a necessity for me. Yeah, you had to fucking read. I had to, and that's why I became such an avid reader. And you know, to this day, I love me a good book. Yeah. But at the time, it was like a chore for me to read. Pokemon made it fun to read. It was a necessity for me, and I, you know, so thank you, Pokemon, for that. But Pokemon Crystal. Uh, I remember the hype leading up to Gold and Silver. I remember reading a, a Nintendo Power. And at this point, I still didn't own my own Game Boy. I was playing my uncle's Game Boy. He didn't let me borrow uh, his teal Game Boy. Oh, man, I remember sitting in the basement playing his copy of Pokemon Gold. I had read about it, hyped it up. The Day-Night Cycle, I remember reading about that, Nintendo Power. and was like, yo, Day-Night Cycle, cell phones. It's so futuristic, man. Pokemon got cell phones. Fucking 10 years before I did. It's crazy. <laughs> and so, the, you know, all great. Pokemon Crystal, that very same Game Boy. Two years later? Maybe, maybe just a year later, because I think it was, no, two years later. I was in fourth grade, I want to say. Wait, what year did Pokemon Crystal come out? 2000. No, 2001. So I'm pretty sure it was red, blue, and then the next year was yellow. Next year July, was silver. Next year was crystal. Yeah. So it put me at nine years old. So was that fourth grade? That's the wrong guy, dude. I can't math that shit out. You guys yeah. did it when you're 18? That would have put me in fourth grade. So I was in fourth grade? Okay. Sorry, I know you guys give a shit, right? I'm trying to suss this out in my own brain. Fourth grade. And so it's two years, two years later, and my uncle had sold me his Game Boy. And this was like amazing to me. My first handheld console. I remember begging my parents for my birthday. This mighty boom. I want a Game Boy. I want a Game Boy. <laughs> Mom and Dad, I want a Game Boy. And they, they were so staunchly against it. My uncle... Sold me his on the cheap, tons of games, like Oracle of Ages, um, among them, you know, a game I never understood as a, as a wee lad. Uh, but anyway, Pokemon Crystal is the first game I ever bought with my own money in the store, my own two hands. All right. 
Target. Target. As we've established Target. Praise Targ. And uh, I remember I remember what I was wearing that fucking day, man. Like it's such a vivid memory. Walking to Target and wearing a tie-dye, red and blue shirt, Spider-Man. We are on our way. My parents had just bought a new minivan. Remember that minivan? This, I remember the Aerostar. No, without the, we had the old green, that Aerostar before. We got the Dodge Caravan. Oh, the bread basket. Before I was in fourth grade. <laughs> and I remember they got it on my birthday. And I remember my birthday money, I went out, I bought Pokemon Crystal. I got in that new van, the new van smell. Opened my box, busted it open, boom, popped it in my Game Boy Color. So all these things, all these weird factors in the nostalgia. Target, the new minivan, the new car smell, right? Okay, going to North Gresham immediately after Target. Because my brother was in like a school play or school, one of those you know, musical things they do, whatever mm-hmm. performances. And I remember sitting on the back of the cafeteria when they used to do those things, sitting on a table in the back of the cafeteria, playing my Pokemon. Oh, I had to have your volume down though. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, the, that's the one thing though. You need that initial yeah. ring. Yeah, well, I, I got that in the van on the way oh. to, you know. You had to get that though. Mm-hmm. And then you run into your first Sentra and you're like, what the? Oh my god! I remember. I remember going north. When you go out to that first route, and you go north, and it's a dead end. Mm-hmm. But you can get Geodude there. Geodude. Yep. Um, I remember that. I remember like being stuck, thinking like, "How do I get over here? Where do I go? I gotta go." But no. So wonderful game. Actually, just picked it up here. Where, where's it? Right here. Yeah, right in the front. Right in the front. That was like my holy grail game at Portland Retro Gaming Expo. That was the one game you told me, like, dude, this is the only thing I'm looking for, and that's one of the three games you actually bought. Yeah, so I didn't buy a lot of games. I buy a lot of strategy guys. Yeah. I got a killer fucking deal. I say like four hundred bucks on strategy guys. Yeah, it's good. But first game I ever bought, fucking awesome. So number four, my friend. Where number you four for me. So we a little bit forward here. I'm out of beer. There's one more beer down here. There's two. two. No, just two. Take it. There's two. I don't want more beer burps. He's got beer burps. Beer burps. I'm gonna oh, wait my. for after PR kiss. Okay. Um. So. The GameCube was a console. Obviously, you both have fond memories for it. Wonderful system. Uh, GameCube was probably the first console I got relatively close to the release. Mm-hmm. My brother, prior to that, had got uh, PS2, which he got it six months or so after it came out. You but I got the GameCube the like two months after. Tell a Christmas story. So for preface. Christmas, okay, I'll, I'll preface this. It's not my game, but for Christmas that year, 2001, uh, I remember specifically picking out the uh, the presents that looked like their DVD cases because mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, you fucking know. We had a PS2 at that time, so I knew. Yeah, and you knew that you go for those ones because those are the ones hold the goodies. Yeah, and I opened up one of them, and inside, brand spanking new Super Smash Brothers Melee. At the time, which console did you have? I had the PS2, the N64, and the Super Nintendo. So I open up Super Smash Brothers Melee, yeah. and I'm like. Oh shit, bitch. I know what this means. <laughs> and I go, Mom, you got me a GameCube, didn't you? And my mom and her utter slyness, just <laughs> frosty, cold, no, like she showed nothing but just the utter horror of a woman who knew she messed up. <laughs> and she said, I love it the second time around. She said, Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, sweetie. I thought that was a PS2 game. <laughs> and I Dude. am torn apart i want to be so happy that i just got super smash brothers melee like so quickly after it came out yeah. i was so ready to be just excited and i had that taken away from me mm-hmm. i was like it's very sweet but it's not gonna work on the ps2 mom 
And she's just like, I'm sorry. And like, we just like, we continue Christmas, you know, keep opening presents. But you're, you're heartbroken. You've like, been demolished. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to recover, you know, I'm yeah. opening up other presents, I'm getting other cool stuff. Because you're aware enough that you, you don't want to be a sad boy. No, no, I don't want to show that to my mom. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She had the forethought yeah, and very, the knowledge yeah. to be like, I know my son wants this thing. Yeah. She brought me this thing. And then later I open up a brand new game. Motherfucking game. Yeah. And I look at my mom. And you're like, you. <laughs> and that was, I knew my mom was the best at that moment. So the GameCube, obviously, a lot of good memories. That fucking controller, yeah. best controller of all time. And I was thinking, you know, Melee is a very important game for me. But the game I think I enjoyed the most on the GameCube was Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. Okay. Which you did not really have uh, much much to do with. You've played Paper Mario now, more recently. 64, yeah. But I played Paper Mario 64, like, a couple years prior. Right. And that game was great. And I only played that game because the marketing for that was not a very good marketing. I remember seeing that and being like, I don't really care. But it was like, after playing Mario RPG super late after that came out, I was like, I want more Mario RPGs. It's great. Yeah. The writing is phenomenal. The characters are wonderful. It's actually giving like characters that don't have like any personality personality. Mm -hmm. Like Luigi is so funny in all those games. Yeah. So I picked up Paper Mario Thousand Year Door and it took what Paper Mario did on the N64 and just like stretched it out even more. It got so much deeper into like the, the paper jokes yeah. and like the RPG systems were just a little bit more complicated, like not complicated, but like it added more to it. Yeah. Like your, your partners had health instead yeah. of being like, it was deeper and got knocked out. Yeah. You know? It was well. So, yeah, there's like so much good storyline in there, like with uh, Bobbery. Like his storyline is like actually like it's cheesy, but it's also like heartfelt. I, did, I haven't gotten. Where am I? I think I've gotten three stars in that game. Okay, you're not very far. Not totally far. But like at first, it kind of like it. It it's a lot of like the carbon copy kind of uh, from the first one. Like your first partner is a right. Goomba, and then you get the Koopa, and it's like it doesn't really start like playing with it until you get to the third third area and like. You've got this weird cloud that's flying around. It's like, right. it's not just a copy paste, you know, Mario enemy that's now a homie. And it was just so cool what they did with like introducing these like new creatures and stuff that was like, these aren't Mario creatures, but they are because of Paper Mario stuff. And they kept right. that aesthetic and they could actually stretch it out and make new stuff. And they haven't done that really since then. Like Mario and Luigi did it really well at first and I haven't played many of the sequels, but like. Those games are really great. They don't have the character that Paper Mario had. Mario the aesthetic was so, cool. was so fucking. It was so unique. And like you said, like the like not only is the aesthetic great, like the, the whole paper theme. It's an RPG. The, yeah, I love RPGs. Um, I love the way they weave weave that aesthetic into the humor of the game. Like you said, the, all the paper puns were just like you know next level in that game. Like that yeah, like so cute. Yeah, interacting with the world, like getting like new moves, so you can interact mm -hmm. with the world in different ways. Like that's such a, like a Metroidvania RPG kind of thing. Where, right. You can't get these like hidden star pieces and like unlock new badges and get new moves until later. It's like it's, I love that kind of stuff. I'm really I'm into that kind of stuff because it takes the collectathon kind of vibe and like yeah. gives it more of like a uh, a numerical progression having levels and stuff. Right. You know what they got rid of in that game? Your fucking Z dash. No, you still have that. But you can't you can't cheap it to go. Because in the original game you can do your Z dash and you cancel at the very end, jump, do it again, and you're just going whoop 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 whoop. Super yeah, quick. but you can't do that. Both those games, uh, though, you get a partner later that allows you to have a faster run. So, like, first game, you get you get Lackluster, and you get get on the like, dude, just can zoom away. The second game, you get the little, little baby Yoshi, and you just zoom around, whatever. 
Which you would get you to know. if you would go to the next chapter. Oh my god. Guess what we're playing tonight. Yeah. Huh? Well, we got uh, <laughs> too many. <laughs> we got a real big list. Yeah, that was your door. I mean, it was the last of the uh, Paper Mario actual RPGs. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, people like will cry about it, but like, you know, it's, I just wish they would make a good Paper Mario game now. Because Super Paper Mario was a fairly good game. I was very entertained with that game. And it was pretty short, I mean, but I beat it. I, I heard it. I heard decent things about Color Splash. People I've, heard, are, I've heard decent things, but the things that I've heard that are against it are a bit damning, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to deal with like the, the repetitiveness of the combat and not having like a lot of characters. It's like sounds like it's just a lot of codes and shy guys. I imagine like when that game drops twenty two bucks or whatever, that's a game that I'll pick up and oh, you and yeah. I will go through it and like I mean I'm gonna do the same thing with a lot of those Wii U games that are gonna drop in the next year. Do it now because the Wii U is gonna be so collectible in a couple of years. Oh yeah, it's gonna probably gonna be Dreamcast level. Maybe a little bit less because Dreamcast sold about like six million. Here's the thing. Did not sell Some many. of these Wii U games are already collectible because they had such a limited print run. I just sold a fucking Hello Kitty game for $75. That I found, I got $3 at Fred Meyer with the reward certificate. Like, these games that, like, collectors are already, already sniffed out. But when these games that, like, you know, like, we, we talk about the attach rate that how many, how many, how many Wii's that have sold abysmal 20, 12 million, 13 and a half shipped. Excuse me. Um, but the attach rate, like 8 million Mario Karts. Amazing. Yeah, 6 that's million in- Smash Bros. Amazing. That's insane. That's like insane probably like, numbers. Probably like 4, four or 5 million Splatoons. Yeah, I, I'm articulating myself really well. That's insane! That's just crazy! You've no, never yeah, seen it's, that before! It's, it's really impressive. I mean, it's really cool. Like, the people who buy Wii U's are the people that are going to be buying yeah. you know, 5 plus games. But despite those numbers, there are only 12 million of these consoles. In 10 years, this the Wii U is going to be so collectible. This shit's going to be insanely rare. It's, the price is going to go through the roof. I mean, it's it's that's why, if you look back at my collection, I've got, I'm probably missing two or three games that I actually want. The rest, I don't care about the rest. I've got all the Nintendo first-party staples, unless they've come out in the last six months. I've got them all, because I'm like, I know. It, I mean, what, are you it, missing, like, Blue World, then? No, I got World. I think I'm missing Tokyo Mirage um, oh, yeah. Sessions FE or whatever. Yeah. Waiting for that to drop. Um, that might not drop. I mean, this is a weird niche. Best Buy does these weird sales. I'm sure Black Friday. Oh, wait. Target has a two for one. Buy two, get one free. Was it full, probably full price? Huh? Probably, yeah. So, but I mean, if you if you buy three games, then that's 33% off each one. So, with my Best Buy discount, like, I got like, the last batch I needed, like, Woolly World, Star Fox. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles X, 22 bucks a piece. You can't beat that. I'm getting tangential. This is the face. I know. <laughs> um, that's okay. So we're what? That's, that was my fourth, so we gotta go with your fifth. Jesus Christ. I don't think I'm on fifth. I've done Zelda. I've done Pokemon Crystal. I've done Fire Emblem Awakening. Ripper's Ridge. This is my fifth. Yeah, it's your fifth. Nick's keeping track. I have to keep I've had a order. few beers, okay? You went first, so. So. Um, we're going random here. I'm gonna dip right into it here. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Black Flag. So this game I experienced 2013 that came out, right? Sounds right. 13. I was kind of on an, an Assassin's well, Creed. Nah, it wasn't that early. I'm pretty sure it was a launch game for the Wii U. I know uh, the other game was, but... No, a 3 was. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, that might be 13 then. I thought it was a year late at that point. Yeah, it was, it was 2013. Late, late 13. Okay. So... I had been on, a, on an Assassin's Creed kick. I remember in like um, early 11, I played Assassin's Creed 2 for the first time. Mm-hmm. A little late to that. Uh, a lot of late to that. So was it five years, four years late? Um, loved it. Just 
and, and less about the story, more about just the mechanics, the parkour, running around, killing people, whatever. So in 13, I kind of got on this kick where I'm like, I just want to play. I watched, I remember watching through all of the um, cinematic shorts they did for all the Assassin's Creed games. Mm-hmm. And I'm a sucker for historical. I love revisionist history. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite books as a kid, they, they take like um, 19, uh, like 30s America, um, like gangsta, you know, the gangsters and not the gangstas, the gangsters. And now what year did the Hindenburg crash? Now we're getting into the weeds. <laughs> well, now I need to know because here I am. I need to know. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I hear 37, like, 37. So yeah, yeah the 30s, uh, going into early 40s. Um, Anyway, yeah, I just they, they told this whole story of how the Hindenburg actually crashed and it was mm-hmm. this whole crazy. I love, I'm such a sucker for that. That's cool. So Assassin's Creed, I just got on this binge. I watched through all the cinematic shorts and I'm like, this is awesome. I played Assassin's Creed 3. I liked it. I know people didn't really like it at coming off the Ezio trilogy, mm-hmm. but I only played through the second one. So I, I didn't really have the context. I was just like, this is cool. This is like a period of history that I'm very familiar with. It was a little cheap how they did some things in that game. Like, like Paul Revere riding on the back of your horse as you ride through the town. Like it just, it really cheapens some of those moments instead of like, um, you know, providing imaginary or not context for these events that, and it's like, oh, this is cool. It was felt cheap. Mm. But I remember, uh, one of the few times I've been hyped for a game and I ate every little bit of promotional material. I remember watching developer playthroughs on, on the Ubisoft channel talking about Black Flag being developed. And I do, I do this because I'm a huge fan of pirates. Like, I love pirate culture, pirate history. I remember I was homeschooled in sixth grade, and I would go over to your mom's house uh, once a week for um, various weird little craft things. Mm. And, like, you know, just my mom would get me out of the house and get me to do <laughs> something new with somebody else. I remember making, like, a, I was really into medieval times and pirates. Mm. We were making different things, making a sword and shield, uh, you know, arts and crafts, whatever. But, uh, um, so I, I, nothing in particular with that story. Just, I remember going over there and doing, make, doing pirate crafts, doing medieval crafts, weird things. Just a nice little ephemeral and, knowledge to sort of set the stage just for your like, pirate love. Just some good memories. Your quest there. for booty. And I remember, you know, reading through the history of, of these different pirates and hearing about, obviously we hear about the big ones, right? Blackbeard, what, what the fuck ever. But you go through the history of, and, and so many of these guys are like unaccounted for throughout history. Like they just disappeared. Mm. And there's speculation as to how they died or what they ended up doing or after they retired. Like what happened to them? But like really they all, a lot of these guys fell off the map. No, I got scabies and went insane. Whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. <laughs> so Black Flag, I was so excited to like see these guys through the assassin, you know, perspective of the assassins and like, and something about the main character, Edward is like so interesting because he like, he's so neutral. He's a fucking pirate. He doesn't care about the assassins of the Templars. He's a pirate. He's out for himself. That's so interesting. Where Ezio had this very, um, uh, sort of holier than thou attitude. Honor driven. And, 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 and yeah, he was a very, uh, like, exactly honor driven, but he was such a cocky bastard. And, and it was like, it was so different. Edward was so, was such a, a very modest, a modest pirate. pirate, a modest pirate. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but, that game, I love the characters. I did not expect to get what I got with that game. Amazing naval combat. Phenomenal characters. Edward was like... <laughs> <laughs> naval co- Oh, boy. Sorry. Here we are. <laughs> and Swish. 
actually seeing what with the, how how they dove into these pirates histories dude oh my god it was such a wet fucking dream oh for my me. god oh my god it was a fucking wet dream dude it was like all my childhood like nostalgia for learning about pirates and watching these crappy fucking documentaries on history channel I'm like uh excuse me but Curse of the Black Pearl is a wonderful documentary. I learned very much from Jonathan Depp's portrayal of Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I gotta, hold on a second. Let me drink. So do you have anything more to add to that? We gotta fucking get going. How long have we been doing this? <laughs> two, two hours, I think. It's, it's a bit too much. We're at an hour 23. I mean, the hour 23 no, or, or 123 minutes. <laughs> I think we're at an average. I, I honestly can't fucking tell. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're even still recording. I don't know. Pay no attention to the man behind the... Two room. hours is our target here. So, wow. the combat was amazing. Naval combat. Edward was oh, a Edward. Ph- phenomenal character. The... Remember the first time you get on your boat, you get the jacked off for the first time. And you sail out of these... Um, this little canal you're in. These little islands. I don't know what you, what you call it. Um, you sail out to the open ocean for the first time. Out in the Caribbean. And it's like fucking gorgeous, amazing. Like it's like literally breathtaking. I remember being just being like, I never get like this with video games either. But I like my jaw drop. Like this is so awesome. This giant wave comes up, and then you get thrown into a storm. And like the the physics of the ocean is so realistic, and you're experiencing it. And you're like, I was legitimately panicked. Like I've got to do these things to try and save my ship, and I'm fighting these guys. Oh, I can drive through the typhoon to, to lose these ships that are after me. And it's like it was such a rush. And I'm, like, I'm a pirate. This is my ship. I'm out in the freaking Caribbean Sea, man. I love Escaping it. the same. I love so when games just like take you and you get so caught up in them and you that you lose that like disconnect between you holding the controller and the and the, the video game happening. Where yeah. instead of you holding the controller, you you are on the, the controller ship. has me, man. Yeah, it has you. <laughs> yeah, it's so, Soviet. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, that's like that's one of the, that's one of the things I've heard from from people who praise Black Flag is that best in the series. It took uh, you know the the gameplay loop that the prior Assassin's Creed games had established and been like, you know what, you don't really have to like do the gameplay stuff. You can just go and be a pirate. Yeah. I mean, it was it was an open world experience, and a lot of it got really mundane after a while. But that was, it, that, was that was after a uh, Far Cry Three, wasn't it? Far Cry 2? One of the Far Cry's. It was after Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3 was 2012. Yeah, I think Ubisoft at, at that point was like, you know what, let's just like really nail down this, this open world. On the, and they did it really well. And it's not one of those games where the pacing was nice because I take a break from the story missions and I go sail to a couple of uncharted islands. I get some fucking treasure. I come back. That was and Naughty Dog. Funny guy. I know. <laughs> uh, ignore dad over here. <laughs> uh, so, so that was, that was really wonderful. And Unfortunately, it was the last good game in the series. There hasn't been a decent entry since. And people might disagree with me, but there's a reason Ubisoft uh, has quit the yearly yeah. output. They, probably, they saw that in sales and people getting the DLCs. And, they know. It doesn't help. They get, they're not stupid. We've got these interesting places to explore. Feudal Japan is obviously the most cliche. Like, what do we want to go for? Oh, I mean, Japan? they've got literally every country at their disposal for what they could do next. Yeah. But instead, we keep going back to fucking Victorian era fucking England. For three games, we go to the same place. Like, who fucking cares? Well, I mean, they get, they get a trilogy of the same character. <laughs> Excuse me, I got the hiccups right in this like fucking microphone. Sound like an idiot. Woo, boy! Sound drunk. Spicy. Definitely not drunk. So, people are going to hate me for that, but it was a really, it's one of those modern experiences for me where I, I get into it and I'm like, I have that, like, instant nostalgia. Where, like, it was one of these, like, seminal experiences for me. It was like, especially 
now where it's like few things make me feel that way. And I know it's gonna sound this creepy and it sounds so cheap to say, but it's like, dude, it's just, it's just one of those moments. Dude, dude, this is, dude, that's totally it's valid. valid. It's, totally valid. It. it's valid because millions of people buy those games. Mm-hmm. And if if one, if someone gives you shit, they're part of the the few people that don't buy those games. Fair enough. So. Number five, my friend. Number five for me. Talk my head off, boy. I will not. I will be <laughs> short and brief because that is who I am. Number five for me is Metroid Fusion. Remake of the first game. That was no, Zero Mission. Zero Mission, which came out after Fusion. Right. Fusion, however, is the latest chronologically in the story. So every game that came out after Fusion came before it in the story. Right. So, uh, quick question. The 3D Metroid games. The Prime the series? The Prime game. Are they related to the 2D Metro games, or just perfect. I mean, so. it's the same character. It's be- well, between uh, Metroid. They're between Metroid One and Two, so they do exist canonically. Yes, there's a timeline. There's a timeline. Okay, which Perfect. it's Prime, then Prime Hunters, then Prime Two Echoes, then Prime Three uh, Infection or whatever the one that was on Wii also. Uh, other M. No, no, no. It was, oh, it was oh in the trilogy. In the yeah. trilogy. Anyway, yeah, those are all before Metroid Two: Return to Samus and then Super Metroid. And then, uh, Metroid Fusion. Okay. Other M is also between, uh, Super Metroid and, uh, Metroid Fusion. But, yeah, Metroid Fusion, for me, was my first introduction to the Metroidvania, uh, genre. Which, as we all know, is a very, very popular genre now with indie developers. Which is why I really like a lot of those indie games, because... Dude, Guacamelee. Guacamelee is Guacamelee, sick. my man. You've played, you've played Ori in the Blind Forest, not much, not but much. like, it's like one of those games. That's what we're playing tonight. People talk about. You know, like, just that um, 2D, explorative, like, RPG-ish yeah. game Ish. where it's, like, open, but, like, you have to get items to unlock stuff, and you fight, fight bosses, and just, like, I, I'm a sucker for 2D games. You know, I grew yeah. up playing Mega Man X, Donkey Kong Country, yes. Super Mario World. Like, these are huge, like, two-dimensional games, and, like, yeah. it's just wonderful that in 2002 or 2003 when that game came out, there was still enough to be said for, like, 2D games, because at that point it was, like, was 3D or nothing, you know? Like, handheld right. games are the only games that you got that were still two-dimensional. There was a brief period of time where, like, if you were putting out a 2D game, it was like, oh, this trash. Like, it was, it was like, old and, and it was, outdated. It was basically only was for relic. fighting games. Fighting games right. were the only games that were 2D at that point. Right. There's a weird period of time in video game history where... So, mm. I think I, I rented Metroid Fusion before I bought it. Game crazy? Game crazy, game bro. Crazy. It was the only place you could rent video games. Yeah. Well, not video games. Handheld video games. Well, it was the only place I rented video games because, you know, mom would go shopping and I'd go check out Game Crazy, you know. So, Metroid. It was my first experience with Metroid as a title also. I never played Super Metroid because I was an idiot. <laughs> I was a damn fool. And, you know, I never got around to it. And Metroid has always been kind of like a uh, kind of a black sheep in the Nintendo lineup. Like, they don't really give it that much love. I think it's because it doesn't sell very well in Japan. But, you know, there's obviously a very hard following for Metroid. Yeah. And so I finally got my hands on Fusion. I was playing it, and like this, everything about that game was just like so completely different from any other Nintendo game. Like it's a Nintendo, it's like the Disney of video games. It's all super light, and it's fun. It's cartoony. It's cute. And then you start playing Metroid. It's like you're playing Alien, the movie. You know, yeah. like you're. It's dark. It's like foreboding. It's creepy. It's like you feel like you're gonna fucking die at any second. And you're like, oh my god, what's gonna go on? And Fusion. Uh, it dialed that back because I've played other Metroid games since right. then and like they're like a lot darker. Fusion was a little bit lighter. 
had that the sound just because the sound chip in the GBA didn't have as much depth. You couldn't really do that much with it. You'll complain. It's bad. But the soundtrack was still really good for Fusion. And I just remember playing it and like it has this really cool like the the sounds were just so much different from like a uh, like a Mario. It's not like your general like Koji Kondo kind of kind of music. It was mm-hmm. sci-fi. Right. Nintendo doing sci-fi. Dude. And like you're just moving around. Such atmosphere. And like, you know, I played Mega Man before, so you know I got I get the run and gun kind of kind of get getting. But you can shoot, <laughs> you can shoot up, you can shoot at angles. Like this is all like new for me. Like I've right. been doing this with right. Super Metroid, whatever. Ten years old for them. For me, it's a brand new experience. Yeah. And experiencing it. How old? Well, you? I was in middle school, so I was like twelve. Twelve. Okay. All right. Um. So th- that was actually a pretty pretty talky game. But, like it starts out with a really long intro for like a Nintendo game. Like you you leave on the ship and like you're infected. It's like this crazy st- like. They have to surgically remove parts of your suit from you. And like That's dark. Yeah, it's dark and like you are you have this AI that's like directing you on the ship throughout the game and like you kind of turn you like you, you start figuring out like this AI might not be benevolent. And that's so like that's a complex Spoiler. That's a complex thing for like a kid to like figure right. out. Like you you think of like, oh it's Navi, you know, telling me where to go. But it's Please. like this computer's telling me not to worry about things that I feel like I should be worried about. Yeah. And it gets kind of weird. And, like, it's kind of heady. Real cool, though. <laughs> Real fucking cool. And there's, like, these scientists that are, like, goobified and they're zombies. And you're like, this is really dark. And then you kill them and then you absorb their power. I need to experience this game. And you I should will. probably get I will in our sure. upcoming series. A beer burps. Beer burps. No. Uh, we don't know what the series is going to be called. We've talked about everyday GBA. But our plan is to, we're going to play through all... All of the GBA games. Oh, 1,200 of them. We'll go chronologically, like we said earlier. By release month. Hopefully not talk about them as long as we talk about our top 10 games. I doubt I'm going to have enough to say about fucking Penobi 3D. You always go into Penobi. Penobi is, is a surprisingly entertaining one. Is it on your top 10? <laughs> God, don't talk no. about it right now. It is definitely on my top 10 uh, GBA launch titles. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> Valid. So... Yeah, fusion. I need to pl- I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it soon. I'm gonna have I got to play it. I got it with me. Yeah. So guess what we're playing tonight. Uh <laughs> we might play your sixth favorite. Um, I imagine that there is no way you will leave my town this weekend without us playing my number six. What is your number six? Let's hear it. Mario Kart Double Dash. Double Dash. You know we're getting down as double dash. <sighs> we both have a lot of history with this game. So what is there to say about double dash? Nothing that hasn't already been said. So I want to get into some, some of the memories of this game. And a lot of these games have a lot of history with you in particular. But we haven't, you know, gotten almost, too deep into this. It's almost as if I was there for a lot of the important moments in your gaming It's, it's weird. Have we known each other since we were five years old, six years old? Something like that. Well, you weird. were. I was a little older. Oh, God. Here we go. You young buck. And I was yeah. just showing you the way, opening your eyes. You a whopping, what, 13, 14 months older than me? Anyway. So... So, Double Dash. And here's the caveat here. I think Mario Kart is better. We've talked about this. Yeah. I think we got into it earlier. You have to fucking temper, or, or yeah, you got to temper all your, uh, your favorites with the, the well, real good games. It's not even that. I want to do like, like Mario Kart 8 Justice. Such a wonderful experience. No, yeah. I mean, every, every, so great. every Mario Kart game has been good in some way. Mm-hmm. But Double Dash in particular, years of, of memories of this game. Obviously, middle school, us playing that game, um, early high school. I remember middle school in particular, you know, we, we build 
the blanket forts in you know, in the basement or in my bedroom and we have the little size little CRT we'd put in there and we would we would I remember taking the, the TV to the church when our parents our parents, our moms were at the church all the mm-hmm. time doing stuff and I remember having that little CRT and we had the game hooked up down there and it was like we would spend like six seven days straight with each other like three days at my house three days at your house right and just playing through over and over and we would we would play on 150 cc and we would do the uh, not tournament, but uh, Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. And we would go through and we just, we got to unlock everything, right? So we take turns winning, right? Switching off, we unlock everything and we just go through. And it was so much fucking fun. The last truly great battle mode. People always say 64 had the best battle mode. I disagree. And I would say DS had a pretty good battle mode too. It had a really good battle mode. It did. You just had to control with the DS, which, you know, it did really well for it what, what it did. needed to. But. Not the same without an analog. Especially not that GameCube controller. Best controller of all time. Oh, God. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just a weird Nintendo fanboy in me. I mean, it is. But, like, those triggers, there's not been better triggers since then. Yeah. The, when you get the, with the half. And, like, the ABXYs, that, that was perfect. If anything, the C, but the C stick was the weakest part of that controller. Yeah. But you didn't need it for a lot of games. This is before the advent of, like, first-party shooters where you need this really well, It was precise. during the advent. That's what, you know, made it struggle a lot in the game. Sure. Understandable. So, Double Dash. Good memories. Uh, not only middle school, playing it in high school, playing it after we graduated. We lived together in our first house. We moved out, playing that in the garage. Drunk I driver. I first learned a, a wonderful game that doesn't sound as bad as you think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, drunk driver. Uh, for any of you that don't know, drunk driver. Wonderful game for parties. <laughs> yeah. So, you set up your Mario Kart. Yo, yo, Mario Kart. And... Everyone's got a beer, full beer, unopened beer. Start a race, you crack your beer. That beer has to be gone by the end of the race or else you're disqualified. You have to finish your beer, but you cannot drink and drive. Contrary to the name of the game itself, you are not allowed to drink and drive. You're allowed to drunk and drive. Yeah, you can be drunk and <laughs> operate a vehicle, but you cannot do both simultaneously. And what kind of monster would do that, right? So if you fall off, you drink. You got to put your controller down to drink. Some people say chugging your entire bit at the beginning of the race is the optimal, you know, uh, uh, path to victory. I disagree. Most Unless you're recording a drunk driver podcast, you don't want to have beer burps during the race. That's true. I've had only a couple of beers tonight and I've been trying to, you know, burp out the side of my mouth so y- y'all can't hear it. Tell me, it's the blue boar. I think it's the pizza and fucking chicken wings, but I could, could uh, we're healthy individuals. Mm. So uh, that, I mean, that was great. Uh, drunk driver. And I remember going to, Crater Lake, right? 2012 was right after we moved out mm. uh, of the of the bro house. We went our separate ways. And I remember going to Crater Lake. And I took my little CRT with me. I took my GameCube. And my brother and I spent the entire goddamn vacation sitting in our cabin playing Mario Kart Double Dash Battle Mud. Just out in the woods and nature and all the beauty and wonder around you. And you're like, you know what I should be doing? Here's the thing. I should be baby Mario Dude. beating up my brother in Baby Park. Dude. Dude. <laughs> baby Park. That's my course. No one had ever beat my time. I'm sure Nick will try now that I've said that. No one's beating my time. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what my time is, but no one I know is beating my time. I know. So we spent the entire time. We went outside. We did things. We drove around. We did it enough that Crater Lake is like top my list of like favorite places to be. Mm-hmm. It's like Disneyland and Crater Lake. Like, which to people who are well-traveled, that's probably really fucking boring. I don't give a shit. I love it. West Coast, best coast, baby. Best coast. Yeah, it's like literally like the beach. Crater Lake, Disneyland. Um, 
we do. We spent. We, we were in our cabin. Everyone's out drinking, partying late at night, hanging out. Dude, we're out there laughing our asses off playing this fucking game. Having a much better time. A much better time. <laughs> so, so great. So, that game's awesome. Mario Kart 8 would easily be on this list if they had retained a classic battle mode. And we can only hope that the next Mario Kart brings it back. Literally, would be no work to patch in proper battle mode. I know this is, you know, we don't need to wax poetic. Everyone's been bitching about this for years now. It's not going to happen. Unless this is like a... A parting gift for Wii U owners. Like, here's a battle mode for a game that you don't play anymore. We're going to put a new one on the Switch. Whatever. So, uh, Double Dash. I know we've got a lot of nostalgia for it together. Mm-hmm. I don't think Mario Kart made your list. Nope. But you're number six. My number six, also a great game that I enjoyed many, 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 many times with friends. And it's... I feel like it's kind of a weird game to have on my list of, like, real video games. Right. But I actually have on here Guitar Hero 2. Dude. Which was a huge phenomenon. Yep. And Guitar Hero 1, like, it's, it started off and, like, people bought it. Not a lot of people bought it. Guitar Hero 2 came out. Everyone bought it. It was unprecedented. Like, literally everybody had that game. And to problem. this day, if you ever want to find yourself a nice plastic doorstop, go to your local Goodwill and you can Forever. find six Guitar Hero guitars. Yeah. Get those sick red SGs. Trust me, I check them every time I go. I'm looking for one in like near mint, so that I can play it again. Yeah, dude, I, I want really a USB one so I can get one of the one of the PC ones now. Yeah, but dude, Guitar Hero Two, I spent countless, countless, countless hours playing. Talk about being a better gamer than me. You kick my ass that game, dude. I'm just I've got better rhythm. I'm <laughs> better. I'm better with my hands. I'm a drummer, by the way. <laughs> so. And, I know it's really, really cheesy <laughs> to say, but the reason, one of the reasons I picked up a guitar was because of Guitar Hero. Fair enough. Like, it, it clicked with me. It literally clicked a lot. But it clicked with me in such a way that, like, I liked music at that point. I liked a lot of, like, rock and metal music. So, like, actually having that, like, satisfaction of pressing the fret and hitting the note and playing it and, like, getting that noise in your list. It's just... It's visceral. Yeah. You, know? you, get, you hear Very that much so. visceral, you know, immersive. Oh, yeah. But that made me want to learn to play music. Yeah. And like, I've been in a band before. You know, let's, let's play the fucking, fucking like, I'm playing a, like, a, like a trombone, you know, like whatever, some brass bullshit, you know, okay. some geeky nerd shit. I want to play a guitar. <laughs> no offense. I want to be a fucking metal guitarist. And Guitar Hero made me live that fantasy until I can make that fantasy a reality. Right. Check out Recursion. Uh, you have a website? No. Defunct and then now defunct. Like a band camp, whatever. Not, not gonna fucking pimp that out here. <laughs> Guitar Hero 2, though, had fantastic songs and improved on the first, cause I played the first one a little bit. Didn't really play it much. I played the second one. And it improved the uh, mechanics of the hammer-ons and the pull-offs. Right. Which, you know, you need that. Classic. You need, it's, it's, it's all necessity. about, it's all about the feel. Which right. they lost in like later iterations. Like Guitar Hero 2, 3 was also very good. Added some wonderful songs. Yeah. But after that, it got to the point where it was like, XBLA became a thing, and like DLC, the beginning days of DLC, you know, that vaunted era ten years ago. Yeah. But like two and three, man. <sighs> like you could, I could bring anybody over. Our friend John, who does not play video games, he would pick up Guitar Hero and play with me, and it would just be like we we play in different difficulties, and we just have a great time. Mm-hmm. And I've got another wonderful memory of my buddy Jordan. Who he had a PS2 and it was a hacked PS2. Oh yeah, one of those fancy PS2s, yep. with a little mod chip and the CD you put in. Then you you opened it up and it was still spitting. You mm-hmm. take it out. But he had a hacked, uh, burned copy of Guitar Hero yeah. with 
songs on it that were not Guitar Hero songs. But people had mashed up, you know, fret notes and like the tempo and everything and put the song on there so you could play songs. And I remember playing a trivium song. Him and I played the Crusade. Dude, oh my god. That, that song is a third record. That, yeah. That's oh. seven minutes instrumental song. Yeah. And playing it on Guitar Hero was just like <sighs> it blew my mind. I I got so geeky into it. I went like <laughs> I mean, I specifically Guitar Hero message boards that would keep track. Like you would input your scores on these on these songs and be like, I'm trying to beat my personal record. I'm yeah. trying to like, you know, I'm trying to do the, the FC, which is a full complete, which is if you don't drop the combo, you can't drop that combo. You need yeah. that multiplier. Dude. I got so deep into that game. That was like one of the last games I was actually into before my, my renaissance a right. few years ago. Because I was kind of like off that bandwagon for a while. I wasn't really keeping track of stuff. We all fell off, man. We all fell off. Yeah, you it happens sometimes. Never again. Never, Never again. again. No, I'm back in it. I'm in it for the yeah. long haul. We need to, you know what? Tomorrow? We're going out tomorrow. You know, are we going to find Guitar Hero? We're going to find Guitar Hero. Even the game, because I don't even have a game. You don't have the No, not anymore. Hangs my on. copy is... is, is Hangs on the ball. It's got to yeah, be easy. We will find it somewhere. <laughs> But we gotta find the working guitar. And here's the thing, my brother and his friends, and they're all they're 22, 23, so they're they're not much younger than us. But they just had their own renaissance with with rock band. You know, they all get get together, get high, whatever, you know, pop on the old uh smoke that organ Merrill. Yeah, organ. <laughs> um I wouldn't know, I don't smoke. So neither do I. Yeah. I'm a drinking lad myself. I had my one beer. <laughs> More of a pizza man, obviously. <laughs> so you'll be burping for days. Uh, but they had their own little renaissance. But they, they they went out. They bought the whole the whole kit, and that's the thing was when they brought the drums and the mix and the vocals. It's whatever. about that time, dude. And, and that was and that. Okay, yeah. Recently, Guitar Hero Two came out ten years ago. This week, recording this. That's crazy. That's wild. We're gonna find it tomorrow. Yeah. Gotta, that's on our list. Oh yeah. Uh, so Lord, I guess. That'd be your number seven now, right? My number seven. God damn, I'm sorry it's taking so long, folks. I know you all don't care. <laughs> It'll be much briefer when we get into the, the Game Boy Advance topic. And then uh, we, we put this in post, we'll do like a 1.25 multiplier. This will be Alvin in the top ten list. As if I don't talk uh, quick enough. As if you, I don't enunciate properly, so y'all can't understand me anyway. No, it's just that you, have, you meander too much. What the fuck I is really number did. seven? Uh, number seven. So, any number of things to choose from, I'm going to go with Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim, and that Skyrim. might be a fucking... Ooh, you might can see you see this here? Skyrim. It's the um, black box. This is the Elder Scrolls anthology that comes with all of the games. And you've only um, played Skyrim. I've only really played Skyrim. I've played Morrowind a little bit. It's good. It's good. Um, but it's such a beautiful box that I had to pick it up. Fair. I had to pick it up. Coming up on a five-year anniversary here. Yeah, we released the, the special edition, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, waiting for the modding community to jump back into it. With now that we have the new architecture, excuse me, see RAM, RAM allowance, whatever. So modding community should fingers crossed. Skyrim. I remember when you got this game. We were living together. We we're living together. So how about you remind me? Because I remember this was like kind of another renaissance for you. This was the beginning was of the, the renaissance. renaissance. So, so uh, brief history. I of course I have to preface this with something that won't be brief, even though I, I say it will be brief. Besides the whole GameCube in high school thing. Um. Uh. So, I in high school I kind of got out of video games. I was so in middle school. I'm going way back oh, here. God, here God, Jesus go. Christ! Here we go. <sighs> I collected all these retro consoles. I was super into retro consoles. I bought all of them. I had my little. My little uh, metal rack from Target with my little CRT on it. Mm -hmm. Had all my systems 
from the, all my Nintendo systems. And CD Game Machine, just as when games were dirt fucking cheap. I don't know how CD Game Machine stayed in business. You go in there and you walk out the stack of games for 20 bucks. Yeah, they, it was just they're flying off the shelves, man. Um, easy come, easy go. Like $12 Pokemon games, shit like that. Like just, but anyway, so I had stacks of NES games and stacks of SNES games. And 64, that's when I really got in 64 was after the GameCube came out. Um, in high school, junior year, I want to say, uh, it might have even been senior year. I hadn't touched the consoles in years, except for GameCube, except for which I had traded away and gotten back. Mm-hmm. That's the only console that I really played, um, if at all. Other than the PS2, it's the only game we played up until I moved out at, at 18. Mm-hmm. Aside from handhelds, I always had modern handhelds. I bought every handheld. Um, so, I, I, I 17 or so, and I sold everything. I just took a bucket of shit to see the game exchange. Got 90 fucking dollars or whatever they gave me. Totally fucked me out of... Which is a windfall from CD game. Oh yeah, that was like several. That's nine buckets. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> that's funny. so totally like screwed myself. Got rid of my entire collection, which was sizable. Mm-hmm. Not where I'm at now, but but sizable. Yeah, especially for someone who hadn't like moved out, hadn't got like a real job yet. Right, and, and I was just like scrag babysitting money and like working the paper one day a week. Just yeah, yeah, going to Goodwill and finding you know. And it was so. I sold everything, and um, I, by 2011, I started collecting retro stuff again. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, this is right before the retro market boomed again, and you couldn't get deals anymore. But I was still able to go into Goodwill and picking out. You know, my girlfriend would come home with a stack of Super Nintendo games, and I would keep the ones I wanted, and you know, take the rest of the fucking CD game exchange, or whatever. I remember going in, and this was my routine for a while. Goodwill, stack of retro games, take what I wanted, boom. See the game exchange, get my cash, boom. Go to Nexus, grab some magic cards. Like, that was my fucking routine, right? Yeah, a nice little, that's a, that's a good <laughs> route. That's all on street. Yeah, it's all right there. So, but Skyrim for me was this period of time where I hadn't played a modern game. I hadn't played 360 at all. At all. Mm. At GameCube and PS2. And maybe like a, a pickup game of, of Call of Duty at that point for me. Like, right. Like, I, I played like, occasion. I played like Halo, like the newer Halos. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, nothing new, basically. Like, PS2, it fell off. Yeah. And which is weird, but we just got into other things in high school. We couldn't right? afford it. Like, and our parents didn't buy us consoles at that point. No, it's like, you're too old for video games. And like, yeah, we couldn't buy our own yet. So it was like this weird thing. We got a brand new like five years ago. So. Yeah. So, and they're still holding So that was weird. So for me, in 2011, I remember hearing about Skype. I remember, like, this was at the beginning of, like, you know, I had been on Twitter since since 08, mm-hmm. but by 10, 11 is, like, when it really blew up. It became this mainstream platform for people. Mm-hmm. And you check your trend, trending topics, and, like, so Skyrim was that first game that, like, kind of went viral. It was getting insane reviews. Everyone was talking about it. It was trending on Twitter. People that I didn't even know played video games were talking about it, and I felt like I was missing something. Like, like like, I, I was so desperate to be, like, a part of this whole zeitgeist. Like I said, I needed to get in and, and experience it myself. So, I remember reading reviews about it, and I had just gotten a 360 just a few months prior for, like, Lego Star Wars and Assassin's Creed. Like, just whatever. Like, Castle Crashers, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking great game. That, almost. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, dude. Damn. Dude. Let it go on. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay. Sorry, I got... Copy back. So, fucking, uh, so 
I just like felt so compelled to go like I need to experience this. Now I have a 360 now. Why not? Why the fuck not? Yeah. You have 360 game. Yeah. So I remember being out with my old man, trying to we met him at Best Buy, trying to find a Christmas present for my mom. And I remember saying, like, jokingly, like, hey man, you pick, buy this for me. <laughs> right? And he's like, what is that? Oh, tell me about it. It was one of those moments where he's like kind of interested in video games. It was like the pull of his own past, like like something everyone you know is talking about. He's popular. He's like, huh? What's what's that about? What do you do? Huh? I'm telling him about it. What I knew based on reviews, I had never played an open world RPG like this. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know. Like this game just like opened all the doors for me at the age of 19. The closest thing you played before that was like Wind Waker. Or like Spider-Man 2. But that wasn't an RPG, it was just an action game. Well, yeah, it was open world. Open world game. action game. So like, if you have this open world RPG, like it just was so revolutionary for me. In mm -hmm. 2011, I got it was so behind at times. So I was telling him about it, and he's like, yeah, why not? That's really weird for my dad to like. He'll get in those moods every once in a while. He'll be like, let's fucking do, like, while they have the butt, spend a bunch of money on you, mm -hmm. right? But at the time, it was like so weird. I was like, totally joking. We were there for my mom, and I'm like, hey, give me this game, man, because if I was going to buy it. Like, I was walking out of the store with Skyrim. I remember my old man bought it for me, and I was like, that was super fucking cool. I remember going home. I didn't even have an HDTV at this point. I had, I had like, a fucking 40-some-inch CRT. Remember the revolving door of CRT TVs we had in that yeah. house before any of us got HDTVs? Before we got the... You eventually, we never had it in the front room, but I remember at the next place you had it, the rear projection. Yeah. Like, it was never a flat panel, though. I don't even know the first time I had a flat panel. It was a while. So I got, a, so Skyrim I got in November. I got an HGTV for Christmas at the end of December. I got my little 720p 32 inch. So you had a, a whopping, you know, 50 days playing Skyrim before you actually played it. I fucking see. Yeah, exactly. How, how, was the, how was the text in that game on CRT? Fucking miserable. <laughs> I played it for about a week and I was like, this is fine. Hmm. I put it, I just stopped. I didn't play it. Yeah. And I remember when I got my HGTV, like I was so like, I need to experience something. And at the time, Skyrim looked amazing, mm -hmm. which is so crazy because like that game did look old at the time, but I hadn't played a modern game. It still looked pretty good for the 360. Like there were, there were not a lot of like visual all showcase games. Like it was all just bloom and brown. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But for me, I'm going from PS2. I'm going from Guitar Hero and Dragon Ball Z Infinite World. Mm -hmm. Favorite Dragon Ball Z game. Really criminally underrated. People hate that game. Don't know why. Fucking love it. Um, and fucking replaying PS1 games the two years prior to like yeah, Skyrim. Like going through your renaissance of playing retro games. Like, right. This is the first like triple A 360 game that yeah. you actually caught your interest and actually like showcased what the system could do. Yeah. It was so like mesmerizing. John would just sit in my room and drink beer and watch me play. Like, our friend John, who has no history with video games whatsoever. Except for watching people play it. Except for watching them play it because all of his friends are gamers and he is like, fuck, here we go again. He would like come into my room and, and like sit down and want to watch me play it because it was like, it was, it was beautiful. It was breathtaking almost. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, so, so that game for me, my memories of, of getting lost <clears> in that world and immersing myself in the lore and, and the, just the, the world building. And like being so, for the first time ever, being so into, like, I want to fucking get married, and I want to like build my own home, and like I want to go, I want to go raid these dungeons, and like put tro trophies of my my victories in my you know around my dungeon at home, you know, like just like dumb little things that you get into. Not to mention the story was great, conquering the land of Skyrim, becoming the Dragonborn. It just like was so 
Epic is the only word, right? That was like the the first game that you played, really, that was like a create-your-own-character one, too, wasn't it? It was like not an established story. It was like you lived the story. So um, I know I that so. I know that's something you've told me. Like it was like one of the things that you really like about those kinds of games. And that's that's why that's why I love open world games now. Is like I get like I, I love an open world game that has their like, really great character and great world building. And Skyrim's a little outdated now. You look back at it, and especially after playing something like The Witcher, mm-hmm. which I consider for my list, but too recent. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. There are better open world games, but something just about the music. When I hear that music, dude, I, I shed a tear. I I, just, I get so emotional when I hear that music. Music is really important in video games. It's, I mean, it's so. It's just epic is the only word. Yeah. It's so big, and and and. <sighs> so I'm excited to jump into the remaster, like I said, but that game will forever hold a special place in my heart, and I can't wait for Elder Scrolls Six, and I hope they can do it again. I hope in six years when we get that game, I hope they can do it all over again. You know. So, anyway, number seven. Number seven for Probably me. not Skyrim, right? Not Skyrim. Anywhere close, probably. Maybe. Maybe okay. right. closer than you think. Okay. Because you experienced Skyrim on the Xbox. I experienced a game on the Xbox also. I experienced Halo 2. Halo, there we go. Halo 2, which I was a bit late to Halo. Because I didn't, I didn't get Xbox until... Maybe a, a year or two after uh, I had a GameCube, so maybe two thousand three. Um, got a, got an Xbox, got Halo because I played it at friends' houses. I finally wore down my mom. She wasn't too big on like the whole shooter thing, but I think she just sort of gave in because you know I'm a t- I was like a teenager at that point. So so, I was like you know so edgy or like you know I was only oh, teenager. I was like eleven or twelve, but you know like I was uh, I was ready for that. Right. And I eventually got it, and I got the special edition. Halo, which came with like a uh, director commentary, or not director commentary, but like it had like a a special, it had like a menu where you could go and like watch videos of like the developers talking about the game, and they had E3 footage of Halo 2, right. which was not out yet, which I believe Halo 2 came out in 2004, but I just remember watching that, and after playing Halo so much, and I loved the single player, and I played the multiplayer a little bit, just like local kind of stuff, or doing co-op stuff, it was a really fun game, but. I would watch that video about teasing Halo 2 over and over and over. Oh, God, really? Yeah, because this is before I had strong enough internet. This is before, like, video streaming online. So, like, I saw this footage of a new game that was going to be coming out. I was like, this this got me stoked. And, like, I was getting Game Informer at that time. And, like, I would see stills. But, like, seeing the video was huge. And, like, hearing the sounds. And, like, Halo 2 from Halo 1 was actually a pretty big graphical leap yeah, for, was- like, a single console kind of generation. Yeah. So I'd watch that stuff and I'd see like the, the way everything glowed and it was like blooming, you know, right. the whole graphic craze ah, first started. And I was watching it over and over and I was actually getting super st- like, stoked. And Halo 2, I remember. You was, guys did own an original Xbox? Yes. Okay. I, the only games we really had, I remember having Halo and Ninja Gaiden. Really? Yeah. And Your mom didn't like the shooting of Halo, but Ninja Gaiden was like totally fine. <laughs> I don't remember how, I think Nat got him some, but you know, <laughs> whatever, you know, the complete tertiary. Uh, Halo 2 came out and I got it the day it came out. Really? And I played through it. When's the last time you could say that about a game? Dude, launch day, baby. Launch day. Like I, I was fucking there. I think last time I got a game at launch was Pokemon X, but okay. Uh, Halo 2, like I actually, I beat it in two days and I was so stoked and I played it and I beat it over and over and over. Two days, that's, that's the longest Halo game they've made. 
<laughs> Two old days. The stuff they added from Halo to Halo Two was just—it was mind blowing. Like it was just the littlest things that you don't even think of. You could dual wield certain guns. Yeah. You could use that energy sword that you saw the the elites using in the first game. You could play as an elite, and half of the story you're playing as the Arbiter, who was like the dude that, they, that the Covenant blamed for the loss of the original Halo. And like yeah. you're on the second Halo. So much cool stuff, and like landing on Earth. And you're seeing the Covenant have, like, found Earth, and they're, like, trying to fuck shit up on Earth. You're like, no, 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 not here. Dude. I am Master it, Chief, 12 feet tall. Hear me roar. It introduced so much cool stuff, and, like, there was, like, a civil war going on in the enemy forces, and it added another layer with, like, so there's the Flood, but then there's these Forerunner, like, ancient robot technology that's, like, trying to defeat the Flood also. And, dude, it just added a whole another layer to the story. And I was so geeking out on that sci-fi stuff, playing Metroid Fusion. Right. And I'm playing Halo, and I'm like, there's all this, like, sci-fi stuff. Yeah. This is so fucking cool. So, have you played the uh, the remake on the Xbox? I played, no. I did play the Anniversary Edition of Combat Evolved. Right. And, dude, triggering back and forth between the, like, original graphics and, like, the remake graphics was super crazy. satisfying. It was crazy. It was like... Because I played Halo on a CRT. Right. Because it was, you know, that was before, you know, HDMIs and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, seeing it, like, on an LCD is, like, very different from seeing it on a CRT. Yeah. But seeing the re- remake, the remake captured the Switching original license so good, yeah. Hitting that select button, it was so satisfying. Like, just every new area I entered, select. You hit it, like, you, oh, you just God. look around, and you, oh, man, it was, it was a very interesting experience. Right. Um, guess what we're playing tonight? Halo 2. So I, I I played through I beat the first Halo game. I my only experience with Halo growing up was like multiplayer, your house, a few other friends' houses. Never played the story. Matt chasing you with um, a grenade. Yo, okay. <laughs> yo, this is like almost vivid Halo memory. Playing in your mom's basement. We were at, and it hadn't been like middle school, early high school. Yeah, I mean maybe I was fourteen, maybe. Mm-hmm. And playing video games with your brother. Who I'd only ever played sports games with. So this was like new. We're playing fucking a shooter. We're, you know, we're a sci-fi game. Nah, right? It's so mm-hmm. weird. Um, I underestimated him. I thought I was going to come in here. I was going to fucking whoop some ass. We shoot some motherfuckers. We'll be, you know, no big deal. You thought. Um, hit mug again. This guy is chasing me. Oh, excuse me. I'm chasing him initially. I'm chasing your brother. I'm thinking I got this guy cornered, right? I'm shooting at him. I'm shooting at him. This fucker throws a grenade at me. But he overshoots me, right? He fucking misses me. I'm thinking, no big deal. He starts shooting at me. He's chasing me now. This fucker chases me backwards into the grenade he just thrown over my head. He throws it over me, chases me back into it, and I fucking explode. And I remember just being like, that was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. You schooled me, man. He fucked me up. That, that was so, like... That's so funny. I, I, like, I love that because it's like, <laughs> if you play any shooter now, that's like the, that's Babby's first move. You know? Right. But just the way that that tricked you and you have that distinct memory, I fucking love right. that. Right. And I it's like, that. I don't, I, I, I'm still not a shooter guy. I don't play a lot of shooters. Oh, me either. And so uh, playing Halo, like, this is one of my first experiences with a first person shooter. And yeah, just that move for the first time. And it's like, dude, he, he fucking got me. I got, got. And it was like your brother, like king of NCAA fucking football, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's getting my goat in my sci-fi game. And dude, it just you got me, man. I got yeah. got. That's fucking great. And I'll, I'll always have, like, a, a place in my heart for the Halo series. Like, I really like the stories. I've read a lot of the books. Like, I, 
I'm not as like geeky about it as you are with Star Wars, but I would say that's like kind of yeah. kind of like my Star Wars. You know? I get it. I get Halo, it. Halo series. You're more of a fantasy guy. Though. I mean, Star Wars is fantasy. It's yeah. fantasy. It's I fantasy. would say yeah, Star Wars is it's fantasy. Sci-fi. Halo is sci-fi though. Halo is definitely sci-fi. But like you, you know, that gave me like they gave me a taste of what sci-fi could be. Like, very interesting. Really cool characters. I feel like in the future. Once, you know. Once we have Halos and Spartans and <laughs> Cortanas. I wouldn't go in that far in the future. Oh. I was going maybe a few months in the future. Oh. <laughs> Cortana, though. Mm. I was going to say, once we've established this podcast a little bit, and I know this is totally off the rails. We've been doing this for two hours and two seconds or so. We're getting close. We're getting fucking close, man. We're, we're two, two and a half hours, I think, is good. All the pods I listen to. got three more games. About two and a half. <laughs> you got. We're going to get there. You got two more games. Or three more games. But in the future, we this pod settled in. I want to talk about video games. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I read the book. The, that, that oh, they actually did the books that. for the Assassin's Creed? Because I was so enthralled with Edward and his story and him as a character. I read his book and got all this extra backstory and seeing what happened before the game and after the game. And just, you know, expanding that universe was so, so great. It was such a well-written book. It was actually enjoyable. It wasn't just... Maybe it was tainted by my like love for the game. I can't say that all the Halo books were very good. I can't imagine. They're like video game tie-in books. Well, I mean, they can't all be good, right? One of the books is literally just uh, recapping the first game in written form, yeah, and that doesn't work. Like, well, it does not translate into like a word-for-word re- redo. You know, so. the my biggest gripe with when I played the remake this last year was like you didn't get a lot of the story. Like you got some of it. I still think that you weren't paying very much attention. Maybe I wasn't, or you just you're more used to like a more. Maybe I wasn't direct storytelling but there was a lot of story in that game I mean I got the basic was... gist but like I, I wanted to I mean details. it's hard not to I mean you're so like, I look at, yeah. oh I'm on an alien thing but I'm on a halo that first game is basically just like gun hallway it's... hallway the gun I'll play it with you and I'll, I'll give you the lowdown I, I, I'll, I've tried I'll to it for you. I just I beat that first one I'll let my my exuberance and, and love for the game rub off on you we'll see well maybe play some Halo 2 this weekend before we leave oh, yeah. anyway how about you're number eight. eight. Are we at number eight? Yeah, okay, we're we got to power fucking through. So, ooh, damn. I'm on in number eight. I got four more games to talk about. No, I got three more games. You okay. got three. I'm, I'm if you were going one. in order, this would be a lot easier for you. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Battlefront Two. Battlefront Two. I so that. I am a goddamn Star Wars fan. Star Wars was my first love. I remember growing up watching the trilogy. It's the earliest I can remember watching these movies. Uh, great memories with my my cousins, Josh and Jaren. Jaren was a huge fucking uh, Star Wars nerd. We watched the movies. We played the video games. We read the books. We read the comics. We, you know, we we create our own characters and, and write our own, you know, novels. We we start our own novels. We write our, these our, these stories with our own characters. There's some sick Star Wars fanfics. Oh my god. Seriously, though. Oh, yeah? Uh, we would stage our own lightsaber uh, battles. Do some choreography? And my, yes, absolutely. My, my cousins, my, my aunt Missy would, would film us. This dinky little digital camera in their backyard. That was your, your first foray into video editing. I remember that. Absolutely. I was 11 years old when I first downloaded Adobe After Effects Trial. I got on CS3. Uh, kind of earlier than that. Let me take a look. Let me take a quick gander. I'm pretty sure it was CS3. Dude, yeah. Dude, that makes sense. That was, that was a hot second. Uh, so, and I remember getting a trial, and I remember, like, you couldn't just, uh, was CS3, that was 2008? Yeah, dude, that was recent, I'm telling you. 
It might have been before like CS. Nah, it was definitely CS. It was just maybe by just being creative sweet. Anyway, yeah. So uh way back. But I remember like it's back in the day where you couldn't just like nowadays if you remove a program from your computer, like generally, like I have programs I use a trial for. You can like erase and get a new trial without any hassle, right? Mm-hmm. Adobe, like when your thirty days was up, if you uninstalled it, they would know, right? There was this file tucked away. It's that stayed on your computer after you uninstalled the program. And I had no, I couldn't, fa- I didn't know like how to work the inner workings of a PC. So I'd be like, Dad, my trial's up. And he'd go and he'd find this little file. It's just whatever. It's like something in the directory that they don't delete and you uninstall the program. Right. Happens all the time. Some DLL. But he, yeah, he'd go find it. And he'd delete it and i get get my new 30-day trial. And it was a full trial too. It's not like 11 years old. And, and uh, don't worry, Adobe. I've been a Creative Cloud subscriber for three and a half years now. Okay. I'm a diligent consumer. I report, pay you report, report. every fucking month. You get you're getting my my cash money. I'm reporting this video. Um, uh, and because I'm not about that hack life, but do those trials, man. I make these choreograph these videos. And anyway, all this to say, Star Wars, one of the biggest and most like constant, like you know, avenues of you know, creativity and entertainment, and you know, it's like you're a fan. My whole fucking life. You're a fan. I'm a diehard fan. Through and through. You're a sweaty fan. I'm so sweaty. It's so hot. Star Wars kid over here. I'm dehydrated. I'm chafing. It's so, uh, oh God, we're at 210 right now. Uh, We're going to do it. Battlefront 2. Did everything Battlefront did, but better. You got to play as Jedi. Um, But you got to actually experience these battles. The soundtrack was awesome. The sound effects were awesome. It's to the one where you get a fight on the Clone World planet. Yeah. In the rain. I remember that. Yeah. We're playing that with you. Um, There's some cool levels in that game. Yeah. And uh, space battles, dogfights. Dude, everything about it was fucking... You you experienced Star Wars the closest you possibly could to experience in these movies. Had a co-op campaign, too, didn't it? Co-op campaign. Fucking awesome. That's the way to play. Played that game for years and years. After it wasn't relevant anymore, still played it, dude. Going through playing the Galactic Conquest mode, where you play the story mode from the beginning of the Clone Wars to the fall uh, of the Empire. Uh, Going through and playing the Jesus, they had this board game mode. You, you went through, you conquered different planets, and, and, and you, it was at a war, the two sides. It was like a little board game. Um, yeah, man, just playing through that, my cousin, my brother, all my different friends, whatever, like, dude. It was like the the definitive Star Wars experience. If you were experienced, excuse me. Experience. Um, experienced. Uh, if you're a Star Wars fan like that, that there is no alternative. That's Battlefront Tour bus. And it just so much nostalgia. I can still go back and play that game and, and just like the sounds of that game. And not just the Star Wars sound, because obviously Star Wars is so iconic. The sound design is it's, it takes you it's all time. Yeah. But just like the 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 proprietary stuff for the sounds that the some of these droids made and that the the menu, scrolling through the menu, like triggers me. Like it's it's insane. Like I no other game can, really. Uh, and so, fingers crossed, EA, don't fuck us, Battlefront 2, please, God. You know, it's not going to be great. They have a blueprint for a perfect game. Yeah. Retexture that fucking game. Yeah. And perfect game. Uh, I've heard a lot of uh, stuff about the flying in the new battle, Battlefield game. That that could be, like, enough for a standalone, like, Rogue Squadron kind of thing. Really? Which That would be cool. Which would be cool, because especially with, like, Rogue One coming out, like, that could easily be, like, a game that comes out next summer. Just, like, it could, take it a little cool. bit. That'd be a cool potential VR experience. 
Oh, well, they're doing, they're doing the Star Wars VR thing. Are they? Yeah. yeah they're, they're, they're doing a couple. Well, there already is a Star Wars experience that's being worked on. It's like an X-Wing piloting thing. Really? And then there's one. There's another one, too. Part of the reason I love that game so much was like, I don't know, <laughs> Star Wars prequel. We don't need to get into that. But I love them. I was a fucking kid. I was I was seven years old when, when Phantom Mask came out. For me, it was like, Jedi and lightsabers and fucking crazy special effects. Mace right? Windu looking like a fucking badass. Yeah, horns in his face. That's crazy. No, not Mace Windu. Not Mace. You're, you're getting Maul. confused. Oh, Maul. They like Mace Windu. I just went M. Yeah. Darth Maul. Darth Mace. You know, Mace. the purple lightsaber and the Samuel L. Jackson and the horn face. Mace Windu is Emperor Snoke. Not Emperor Snoke. Supreme Leader Snoke. Emperor fucking Snoke. What kind Same of difference. Fucking, what kind of Star Wars fan are you? Oh, God. Don't get me started on Force Awakens. Enjoyed it? The Force Skin Awakens. A lot of fucking issues. Um, I got anything to add for uh, Battlefield or Battlefront? Battlefront? I feel like I was just about to say something and I totally lost it. What, what did I say? Is You're it, talking about being a fan of the, or, of the remake trilogy or the prequel trilogy. Oh, so so part of the reason that like that Battlefront was such a phenomenal series was the prequels, as fun as I thought they were as a kid, they're not great movies by any means. Like, you really got to experience the Clone Wars. You gotta get into the nitty gritty and see these little battles and see all these things. The story with these other Jedi happening before Order 66. And mm-hmm. like, you gotta live the whole war out. I felt like I was a part of that war. And so it made these movies, and maybe the reason I thought these movies were so great as a kid was that like, I always say my least favorite part of Star Wars are the trilogies. Mm-hmm. I'm about the expanding universe, I'm about the video games, I'm about all these other things that made me feel like I was a part of these movies. So maybe that's why you know, that, I mean, that is why I love those games. Maybe that's why I love the movies so much, despite them being garbage. Yeah, it's because valid. that game, like, I experienced the entire war, man. Fuck, whatever. Fucking great. Number eight. Number eight for me. Where you at? For me, I had to go for WarioWare Touched. Oh, don't get me started on this game. I won't. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna do it all myself. <laughs> WarioWare for me was one of those weird games. I don't know. What possessed me to get this game? I don't remember if I saw a review and I was like, well, you get this game. Or I saw like, gameplay footage somewhere. I was watching G4 or something. It was like that weird time, you know, DS came out. Yeah. I got it 2005, 2006. I had this game and I had like Mario Kart. Didn't have a lot of DS games, but I remember this game pulled me in just immediately. And I think it was kind of like Guitar Hero kind of softened me up to rhythm games. Right. And WarioWare is not really a rhythm game, but it has that kind of like, you're tapping, you know, like it's the touch, so it's using touch screen a lot. So there's a lot of like, like tapping kind of games, but it was like the art style and just like the characters. Mm-hmm. And it was the frantic, like everything is different all the time gameplay. Yeah. And you have to be paying attention. You have to be like, so you get so into the zone. Like you play the game and you're, you just keep playing. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. You look up and it's been two hours. You're like, what happened? So that's kind of a precursor to like modern smartphone games. Touchscreen, really bite size, like you, it, it needs to constantly keep your attention, so it's always changing. Like yeah, a little bit. I, I've never played. I've never played a game like Warrior no, it's, it's on very a smartphone though. Distinct, but just as far as like the game was designed to just like you said, constantly be different and constantly just be wild, and it's like and it's crazy because there's fan. there's there was two WarioWare games before it came out on DS. There's two Game Boy Advance yeah. games, but it didn't hit its stride until DS. And that's when that form and that like touchscreen, it w- it married so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like WarioWare Touch was like made that WarioWare as a concept 
is perfect for the DS. And it exemplified why that was actually like a good idea for a handheld. And like before, you know, smartphones were like really, you know, a thing. It was like three or four years. It was yeah. three years before, two years before iPhone. Oh, I heard that. This one. iPhone 2007. It was three years before iPhone. Seven. Yeah, we're coming up on the 10 year anniversary wow. and DS came out in 2004 so like smartphones were not a thing they were an idea right but that touchscreen man like just those games were just so phenomenal I remember like all the characters and you got Jimmy you got 9 volt uh, 16 volt dude the, <laughs> I don't remember any of the characters not Oberon, a single one of them dude I don't remember those characters Cat and Anna Ashley oh man the songs the songs in that game were so phenomenal the mini games like they're just so quirky and goofy and weird like that's like kind of a that's a tentpole for for me you know what i spent every day in seventh grade playing that game on the bus in the morning diligently awaiting super smash bros ds never got it nintendo never fucking got it well you got so warrior Wear held me over you got super smash bros for the 3ds at that point i didn't give a shit because i had you still bought it i did only because i had to wait fucking Three months. Three months to get like I happily bought that game and I do not regret it. No, we had some some fun fun times. Like yeah, it was, Smash Run was tight. Smash Run was really cool. I wasn't as tight been. as any of the times I had with WarioWare though. I wish there was a three DS <laughs> game. But WarioWare is kind of like not a thing anymore. It's, it's like smooth, Nintendo Shovelware. But did they have it did they have a WarioWare on the Wii U? I feel like it's just yes, one of those things. Yes, like, they did. They kinda of paper Mario did, you know? Like it just sort of I remember I played Smooth Moves like I want to say one time. Everybody leaves, but Smooth uh, Moves—that's the one on Wii U. That's the one on Wii. That's Wii U. What's on Wii though? Maybe that's no. I'm looking at the Virtual Console. Yeah, motherfucker. Was it Game and Wario? Game and Wario. Oh, was that on Wii? Dude, Wii, I don't know. It was Wii U. Game and Wario was Wii U. If I could Paper Mario it, uh, but, it's one of those games you, it's actually kind of hard to find and expensive now. But I do need to get Rhythm Heaven. Because apparently that is the WarioWare that WarioWare didn't end up becoming. Really? Yeah. And there's a downloadable 3DS game that is uh, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. Because it, is, it was a Game Boy Advance, Japan only. It was a Game Boy game and it was a Wii game. And the Mega Mix takes like the best of all those series and puts them on the 3DS. Curious. But it's, uh, it's a, little more rhythm, a little more rhythm based, but also has like the quirky mini games. So that's just what I've heard. Very interested in actually checking it out and putting it off. Warrior Touch. You'll get there. I played for really quick game. And then now, the, as it's quick, but like, I would actually go back and I would do like the challenges and I would be like, I want to see how long I can play this minigame because I like this minigame a lot. So I was like, <laughs> Fair enough. Crank 3, you know, you do the boss battle levels and you try to do them like on the higher difficulties. Dude, that fucking yeah. game was phenomenal. Yeah. It was a wonderful game. Really great cool. handheld experience. Uh, like I said, got me through my 45 minute bus rides in the morning. Every morning. Perfect. My DS. Loved it. So. Number eight. Number nine. Number nine. It's yeah. so fucking close. Super Smash Bros. Edging. <laughs> Melee. And I put Melee on here. Sort of the default go-to. A lot of nostalgia for it. Come on. First game I got on my GameCube when I got it in seventh grade. Played through that game. Tried to collect all the trophies. Unlock all the characters. Just every morning before school. I'd wake up an hour before I had to. Every morning before school. I'd get up at like six in the morning. I had to play the game for an hour, 7 o'clock rolls around, I'd fucking go to the bathroom, I'd eat my cereal, I'd do whatever I had to do, I'd come back and I'd play it for like 15, 20 minutes before I had to go have some bus, right? And I'd come home, i get my homework done as quick as I could, and i go straight to Melee. And it's just so weird because it's not really, 
a single player game. It's not known for its single player experiences. Right. But like, I just, I devoured that game. As I got older, you play with people. Fucking great. Um, all, I mean, how many times have we just gone fucking head to head? Like, with, with all the dudes. I mean, what, what, nothing I can say about it is going to be like revolutionary. Everyone's heard everything there is to say about this game. Right. right? But I put Double Dash on there because it was like, just the memories of my brother playing that game and going at sibling rivalry, you know, like same with like the Mario Kart games and Dragon Ball Z games or whatever. It would just be us yelling at each other in the bedroom, you motherfucker, you know, and going at it, Smash Brothers. And, uh, uh, the new Smash Bros is like the definitive experience. It's got the biggest roster. You got eight player Smash. You got full HD graphics. It's like the, it's GameCube controller was brilliant. Oh my God. Like, I remember before that game came out, I, I said like, excuse me, I, I'm going to have to like actually go buy one of these shitty knockoff GameCube controllers because I can't play this with a normal controller. Mm -hmm. It has to be GameCube. Yeah, you pick up that GameCube controller and you immediately know how to control your character. One of the few games I bought at PRGE, Super Smash Bros. N64. You want to know why? Because I just bought a motherfucking GameCube N64 adapter. So now I can play that shit with a real controller. Wonderful. And like I, my first uh, foray into Smash Bros. was on the N64, and that's why I got Melee for Christmas because yeah. I played 64. I remember Smash. playing it at your house, and that's one of my. F and now, <sighs> Smash on 64, like the noises, yeah. the noises are on point. Yeah, I remember that game. I never actually really got to play that game because I'd always be the odd man out whenever you had people over, and I was like the young, you know, I was the one. I was a grade below you guys, so I'd always get pushed to the side while you guys played. So I'd get like one round in, and then. I'd pass the sticks and watch you guys for fucking two hours. <laughs> uh, and so I don't really have that repertoire with that. That sounds about right, game. though. <laughs> it really does. But um, Melee, it's just like I said, it's one of that default. We have got great memories with Project M. Remember before Smash uh, Wii U came out, or 3DS came out, I modded the, I got the, the Project M on the Wii. Mm -hmm. We got that set up and we're playing that and that was like, Kind of, re kind of revisiting that, that closer to melee mechanics. Oh, he's like, that is like the definitive version of, of Smash Bros. Uh, uh, if you want to play competitively, like it, I think it beats out Brawl, or beats out melee. You know, it, it just, it, it turns Brawl into the game it should have been. And Brawl was great. Brawl was great. I think it's on your list, isn't it? Oh, it might be. Let's fuse this together here. Yeah. Brawl. So, yeah. So for your, your number nine was Smash Melee. My number nine, coincidentally, turns out to be Smash Brawl. Boom. And everything you said about Melee kind of applies to Brawl, too, because for me, Melee introduced a very cool new thing, especially, you know, you're talking about playing by yourself. I played Smash 64 by myself, and that, right. like, the single player on that was very limited. Like, yeah. you had Break the Targets, and you had uh, Board the Platforms, which, yeah. you know, in Melee, obviously, there wasn't Board the Platforms, which is, you know, heartfelt lost. But at Adventure Mode, which is a new single player, like, campaign mode, where it introduced all this, like, cool, like, there would be like actual levels in between like you fighting yeah. off all the different Kirby iterations or you fighting off, you know, a giant Donkey Kong, which is yeah. just like at that point was a throwback to the original 64 version. But there would be levels where you're like, oh, Mushroom Kingdom. And you're just like going around, you ju you're jumping on like Koopas and Goombas and you're breaking blocks. And it's like, this is Smash Bros, but I'm playing like a Mario game. Yeah. And now I'm fighting all these like fucking Yoshis and now I'm running to the beat the finish before the time runs out. Like it's just this really, really cool, like basically an arcade game built in to your Smash Bros. It was like, if I saw Smash Bros. Melee at an arcade, I would not be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blink an eye. Like, that is such an arcade game through yeah. and through. And then my own personal, you know, like, favorites was 
Or my contest. I spend the most yeah. time on. Melee. Oh, yeah. But then Brawl. Dude. Which, unfortunately, I never owned a Wii. Until recently. Real quick. Right? Let's preface this. We both acknowledge, all you Melee fans out there, Brawl had its shortcomings. Tripping was terrible. Game was too slow. Didn't matter. It was still Smash Bros. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not talking about competitive, because I've never been right. a competitive Smash player. Right. Like, I'm better than a, than, a, than you are. <laughs> but Marginally so. We go head to head on, on uh, melee. I don't know what. Melee. I don't know what. Head to head. I don't know what your margins are. Head to head. Like light years. <laughs> streets ahead. Oh um, my God. But Brawl. Brawl with a single player. Specifically, Subspace Emissary. That was. Dude. That was huge. Dude. For me. Yep. And my first experience with it was playing with you. Yep. And I remember going through and oh, like. Was, uh. Was this one. This is during high school still? When we played it together? I think at first, and then more when you moved out with John. Yep. You'd walk over. We lived two buildings away from each other. Right. And you would, would just walk over to my place, and we put in an hour or two into Subspace Emissary. Because we tried playing Halo, but you'd get bored and not pay attention, so I'd be like, well, fuck it, let's play Subspace, because yep. we know that we both like this. We never beat Subspace. Did we not? I thought we did. We didn't beat it. Because that, that last world, you have to like go through this insane map. We go through all of them. Like this big, like it gets really convoluted at the very end. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's it just like it's like you need like a guy. We just never, we just never did. We never finished it. That's what we're playing tonight. <laughs> One of the many. But yeah, brawl for me, like it had really cool new characters. It was beautiful. Yeah. Like the new melee or the new uh, Smash Bros is the same engine that uh, brawl was on. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, just higher res uh, textures and everything. Yeah. But yeah, I just have so many, like, I have so many fond memories of both of those games. But, like, I was being kind of, like, when I was putting together my list, I was like, you know, I'm not pretty got a GameCube game. Gotta, gotta do shouts out to the Wii. Yeah. And, you know, the new Smash, like, I really like the new Smash. Yeah. But its shortcomings really keep it from it being, like, a favorite game for me. Like, its yeah. single player is very lacking. It's got a really cool uh, home run contest. I like the home run contest, but the single player modes are like when you're playing through fighting a bunch of enemies. It feels really weak. Smash Run was cool on the 3DS. Yeah. Um, like that, that scratched that itch that I had from uh, Adventure Mode and from Subspace Emissary of being like a weird like platformer. But then kind of, did, like they didn't kind of thing. include that on the fucking. You couldn't do it on the, on the big bullshit. Screen. No, you, you absolutely couldn't. Because everyone's running around doing their own thing. You couldn't. It wouldn't be the same. Even if it was you could two player. You could even two player. No. One person on the gamepad. One person on the TV. Nope. Even that. Um, cause I played, I played one player Smash Run all the time. That's the only mode I played. I on only ever played it multiplayer. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was not nearly fully fledged enough for it to be like a multiplayer, uh, single player thing. That was what I did before bed every night, waiting for Smash Wii U to come out, was I just Smash Run it up, play that for an hour before bed, and. I played Smash Run for like hours, but it was always like me and like three other dudes doing that. Man, that was a great multiplayer kind of thing. It was like this roguelite kind of thing where you're just trying to like get yourself strong kind of. Mm-hmm. Use all these moves, like it's interesting. OP, and then you have to battle it out or race the finish or like do something, you know, Smash Adventure style. Even online, like Nintendo, obviously is really well known for their their uh, superb online uh, experience. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, single player Wii U was kind of weak, and like it was a weird, like uh, Mario Party kind of board game thing. I tried it one time, and it, it was like really confusing. I didn't really get it. I just don't have enough nostalgia for it. Yeah, yet. I'll play that mode with my little brother, who's seven years old. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll play that with him, and he loves that. And so that's that's fun. 
But it's like Sakurai's like reasoning for not including a, a subspace emissary so, uh, sort of campaign mode is bullshit. He's like, oh, well, we make this and then the cutscenes get leaked, you know, two months early and then it gets spoiled for everybody. So we decide not to do it. Fuck you. That's a bullshit fucking yeah, but line of reason. That's, that's, bullshit. That's just creative types being creative types. Well, fuck like, him. Being, you know, that's their baby. That's fucking stupid. That's fucking stupid, but whatever. Like, Smash is great. But, like, it could have been so much better. Can't get too salty about the creator of some, <sighs> something that you love so much. <clears throat> I can, though. I can, though. Yeah, but you shouldn't. Force Awakens. Fun. Played it way too safe. Should have been way better. I'm angry about it. At least George Lucas wasn't as involved. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm not... I know, that's like the logic, is I should just be happy that it was a, a bearable Star Wars movie. No. I saw so much potential. Smash Bros., Wii U should have been so much better. And it was it's still phenomenal. It almost beat out Brawl, or uh, Melee on my list. It should have been better. Force Awakens is probably the uh, best Star Wars movie, because all the ones are kind of bad. It depends. I, I don't disagree, as far as filmmaking goes. <laughs> I don't disagree. But there were such... The expectations were so so much loftier. So much loftier. That works. Fuck me. I've been drinking. So, that was my nine. God. Now we're on our final game. Jesus Christ. Number so 10. did you save your best for last? Because I sure didn't. And neither did I. <laughs> I. I had a tough time with... So the last two games I added to my list were my number ten here and Assassin's Creed. And I struggled with the other ones. Even Ripto's Rage. And I was just like, man, some of the other games I feel like I should put on there, but... Didn't want to be disingenuous. How to twist your arm for you to get the final three. Yeah, this podcast would have happened much sooner. Although, based on the way this is going, maybe we should have waited a, lot, a little bit longer still. <laughs> no, my last game, Rocket League. And we are currently at two hours and oh, two and a half hours. That's what I want to hit. We're, we're getting there. Oh, yeah. Rocket League. Probably the best experience I've had with a new game in probably a decade. Playing that with you for the first time. Mm. Just laughing uncontrollably. Dude, the game's beautiful. Fucking laughing my ass off. It was so fucked up. It was so insane. It's like, dude, you're a car. You're playing fucking soccer. Do crazy things. Explode. Blow people up. Took everything that you loved about Mario Kart. Oh, man. And made it even more competitive. Just insane. <laughs> and that was before I even had to play it, obviously. We're just playing that for the first time against some people online. Unranked matches. I just remember sitting in your basement... Laughing, you remember that? Yeah, just headbutting the car, just, just headbutting cars, headbutting the ball, <sighs> and, it, and it was so satisfying as we like started to figure out the game and get better. And it's like, okay, like teamwork, and this is how we're gonna do it. Well, now I only play competitively. Mm. Like Andrew and Schmitty, like my my brother and his buddy are like fucking retarded good. They are mm. so, like, I'm not I've put three hundred hours into the game, three hundred hours plus, and I should be way better than I am. But it's like. I just, I want to go on and have fun two or three hours playing that. I can just play it and not think about it. Play for half hour, 45 minutes, wait till you get salty. Well, I, I usually will binge it. Like, I haven't played it in a couple weeks now mm -hmm. just because I've been home every weekend, so I haven't played it at all. Um, well, guess what we're playing tonight? My man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, that game, just, excuse me, from a competitive standpoint, uh, again, I'll, I'll play ranked matches, and it's so... That's kind of the reason that um, I, I've stuck, even though I, a lot of first player or first player uh, uh, single player campaigns, I, I just haven't played a lot. Like The Witcher, I haven't beaten The Witcher yet. Mm -hmm. I, the only the games I've kept up with are the competitive ones. Destiny, mm -hmm. play a lot of Destiny, and which may have made my top games. I've had a lot of fun with that game over the last two years. Really unique experience for me. Um, in Rocket League, the two games I keep going back to because it's like I don't need to like 
immerse myself, I can just hop in and fucking play. Right. Um, but Rocket League, they just just that first time playing it, and then that summer going home and showing my brother that game for the first time, and us just sitting there fucking laughing our asses off. Like just it was so it's so just it's so wacky and unconventional. Like you're a car, you're a race car, fucking monster truck. Playing you're flying. Expl- yeah, like it's <laughs> what the fuck, man. It's crazy. And so and even now I go back and play that. You get a group of people together where you're playing three on three ranks, or you get a group of fucking four or six people in and you do, you know, local matches. You can do like two on two, doing four on four CPU. Well, yeah. Like, dude, there's so many fucking that's that's one of those games that I wish came out came around more often. But it was one of those little games, you know, small development team indie game. That's just fun couch co-op. Like mm-hmm. I love that. I love Castle Crashers. Like those yeah. are the two. Like those are those are what games are, man. Guess what we're playing tonight? Fucking Castle Crashers. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. So I mean, there's not much to say about Rocket League. It was it was it was like the the funnest new experience I've had. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, just out of nowhere, like I was like, okay, this game. You're like, no, trust me. This fucking game is awesome. Trust me. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck ever. No, dude. Tears laughing, just so fucking crazy. So yeah, that's my number ten. That's my list. Two and a half hours later. How about uh, after I do mine, we'll do a quick little name them all. Okay. So your ten was Rocket League. On the opposite end of the spectrum for me. <laughs> oh boy. My number ten, Dark Souls three. Okay. All right. I, I knew we were getting a fucking Dark Souls game. I, I'd forgotten somehow. <laughs> so Dark Souls. Here we go. Let's Dark settle in, folks. <sighs> Obviously, this game is uh, renowned, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's such a hard game." I'm like that's that's the only thing I had heard of it since it came out. Like the first game came out like five years ago, and then it, I, I never, you know, that was before I was back into 360. Right. And then by the time I got my 360, I was only interested in playing the Halo games and like some of the XBLA stuff. Right. And uh, that was that was it. That was shallow, you know. Didn't want to get much deeper than that. And then I uh, was living with some guys, and they're hot on this, hot on this brand new game called Bloodborne. Oh my god! I'm playing on the PS4. He's born of the blood. Born of the blood, and this this gothic horror, dark game. Very creepy. Very spooky. Very very crep. I can't. So I would like too much for me. It was one of those games though. Like you're talking about John watching you play Skyrim. But this is a game that I could easily just post up and just watch them play because it was just like really cool aesthetic yeah had it was a very watchable game right and every now and then like you know i'd be hanging out and they'd be like oh you want to like try playing or something I'm like i don't know i won't play fuck that and like i never played it never played but then like started hearing you know oh dark souls 3 it's coming out soon and i was like you know what i kind of want to get on get in on that and i just like built my uh computer Recently, I hadn't really built, I hadn't really like, played anything too taxing on it yet. Right. Um, so I was like, your first rig. Yeah, I mean, it was after I got a new graphics card in it, though. So right. I was like, I wanna, I wanna see if I can do Whoa, it. Whoa, this is the console crusade? Sorry. PC Master Race. God, You're really triggering a lot of our non-existent. I mean, I played this on the PS4. But, <laughs> so I, I, day it came out, I, I bought it. Right. It was like one of those, you know, weird things that I bought on the day it came out. And I remember playing it and immediately getting why people think, oh, it's going to be really hard. Because right. it, it is very punishing. Like, it teaches you through, you know, killing you. You die and you lose shit and right. you lose progression. And it's like, it punishes you. So I remember playing and, like, you know, getting the mechanics down. Like, oh, this is kind of weird. You have your attacks on the triggers. Like, 
but it, it sort of like mesh and sort of makes sense and like that. And the mechanics for that game is what draws me to it because I'm real big into the way a game handles. Right. Like mechanics are huge for me. That's the Nerd. that's the reason I play games. You know, if I wanted to get a story, I'd watch a movie. Fuck it. But this is where we differ. So I'm rolling around. I'm blocking. I'm dodging. I'm parrying. I'm getting my strong attacks. Doing my criticals. Doing those backstabs. And I'm getting the hang of it, and I come up to the first boss, you know, a little tutorial boss. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's the first boss. It should, be pretty, it should be pretty easy. Right. No. This dude kicks my ass, throws me off a cliff. I'm I'm dead. You died. You died. You died. Over and over. Over and over. I probably, I, probably, I probably fight this guy 20 times. Some Doctor Strange fucking time loop right there. But then, eventually, half an hour later, this is after, you know, going upstairs, getting a glass of water. You need a break. You need a breather. Come back down. He's exhausted. Finally. Finally beat this motherfucker. Udix, the tutorial Udix Gundir. Yeah, the tutorial boss. What's his name? Udix Gundir. I-U-D-E-X. G-U-N-D-Y-R. Oh, yeah, you type that shit up. Udix Gundir. Udix. What the, the next? Uh, okay. you're, you're struggling over I'm there. I really am. How do you spell it? I-U-D-E-X space. G-U-N. There he is. Yeah, Google correct, he didn't fucking do shit for me. Yeah, look at that guy. He's very... He's a big, uh, he's a big, big nightman. Big statue nightman. Fucking Yeah, he does these crazy kicks, he kills you with that halberd, then he grows this giant creepy poop snake out of his back, and he just, he just swipes you down. But I swear to God, I finally, I finally beat him, and I open the door behind him, and I see this beautiful scene, and I see Firelink in the distance, and I'm like, okay, now, yeah, I get it. I'm in. And since then, I've put in probably like 200 hours in that game. Jesus Christ. Playing it, beating it, New Game Plus, New Game Plus 2, starting it again because the DLC just came out, so I got to beat it again so I can get to the DLC like level. Where do you have time to fucking play these games? Oh, yeah. 200 hours. I find time. I mean, it's been out since April. Okay. Fuck, it's November. It's been out for six months. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so I dumped in a lot of hours in that game. And that game... Inspired me to buy Dark Souls 1 and 2 because they're always cheap and on sale. Which you've been full on Asperger's with. Yeah, I've been trying to get you to play Dark Souls because <sighs> I, I want you to, I want you to love the thing that I love. Maybe, okay, so maybe I should start off with DS3. Maybe I should just jump in. Maybe. It feels a little bit quicker. It's a little bit, uh. I didn't hate Bloodborne. I, mean, I didn't, there's a lot of things I didn't like about it. But the combat was like simple for me and. It's a little bit quicker than Bloodborne. You like, got shields. You got a lot more options as far as weapons go because yeah. weapons. I played like maybe ten hours of Bloodborne, and you don't get dick for weapons mm-hmm. Not until later. Yeah, yeah. Playing that game with like co-op and following people around and knowing where to go, and just it's like, hey, let's get to where we need to go and fight this boss. Yeah, we'll have to do that both in uh, Dark Souls Three because I understand the uh, online system a little better on that. Okay, we set a password and just be us. That's what we're playing tonight. Ooh. My God! Oh my God! So that is my ten. Uh, so recap for me. Okay, so my top ten. Donkey Kong Country 2, Banjo-Kazooie, Pokemon Silver, Pip Mario and the Thousand Year Door, Metroid Fusion, Guitar Hero 2, Halo 2, WarioWare Touched, Super Smash Bros. Brawl, and Dark Souls 3. I feel like that's a that's a solid list. I feel like it's like too. There are going to be some hardcore geeks out there who are like, where's Final Fantasy? Where are your RPGs? Dude, I've got fucking Thousand Year Door and Pokemon on there. That's two RPGs. Could have right. put a million other RPGs. Could have put Earthbound. Could have put fucking Golden yeah. Sun. Elder Game, bro. I could have put a bunch of stuff on there. But That's you know true. what? I had to pick. I had to pick ten. 
had the most meaningful. It's yeah. tough. So, your turn. Wind Waker. Wind mm-hmm. Waker HD is actually what I put on my list specifically. So I played the OG one a <laughs> it's lot. The, best the HD is the definitive version. Just that last fetch quest was killer on the, it's o- the one on the OG. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Crystal. Mm-hmm. And I also put in parentheses here Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver. I love the remix. Bought those on day one. Yeah. Uh, the new mechanics make those games a lot more enjoyable. 2009 or was that early 10? That was 2010. Early 10, yeah. yeah. I was still a senior in high school. I remember going out. No, that was that, that was a that was late ten. That was an yeah. October November release. No, it wasn't. I was still in high school when it came out. Hmm. I'm like ninety percent sure I'm still, I was still in high school. What did you say? Anyway, uh, Skyrim, right. Fire Emblem Awakening, mm-hmm. Minecraft Double Dash, mm-hmm. Super Smash Bros. Melee, Star Wars Battlefront Two, Spyro Ripto's Rage, <laughs> my man, Assassin's Creed Four, Black Flag, Black Flag, Black Flag, in Rocket League, Rocket. So, that's our top ten games. Uh, I think we got a pretty good variety on there. We we kind of we kind of touched upon a lot of stuff. I we mean, got shooters. We got role playing games. We got platformers. We got a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it represents us well as gamers and our tastes. And hopefully, as we go forward with, we like a lot of things. Or do we? Uh, so, I mean, well, you don't like anything. I I really don't. I don't <laughs> enjoy many things. So, what are we at? We're at two forty. God damn, man. We'll trim off the beginning there. We'll be right at 2.30. We're fine. We're fine. We'll record the same podcast tomorrow, and this will be our extended edition, director's cut. Right. We're, yeah, right. We're, <laughs> we'll we're, do commentary we're, over each other. We're this again. Now, here I started we're because it. I was thinking about a, a funny story. Yeah, here I started because I had a bunch of beer and kept burping up pizza. Here I started because my tongue is too big for my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I was having a stroke there. <laughs> so, like I said, we got Everyday GBA. I don't know. Is that Something. what we're going to call it? I don't know. Well, really coming? Keep it um, posted. We may or may not do that tomorrow. I still have to go through and play a couple of those launch games. Tomorrow as we write some things. Break the continuity of when we release these. Uh, that's true. Uh, the day after we're filming this one. Uh, so we'll see. But now that we are out there, we will be out there. We'll be doing uh, you know, breaking gaming news. as we And we've kept up with gaming news over the last three months. We do a pod every day. It's unprecedented, yeah. But we don't actually record it half the time. We just talk. We Skype and talk about it. And so when the next switch details we get, the next whatever, you know, we'll, we'll do gaming news. Um, we'll get this series going. I'm sure we're going to brainstorm other series. Mm. We might do, you know, I'm really curious to go through and play some of my old Super Nintendo games and like maybe not, I don't want to review them, but like let's play through them together. Get some impressions. That's we'll, fair. Bullshit through these games. Yeah. Give me an excuse to actually sit down and force myself to beat some of the games that I bought and haven't beaten yet. Give it a recommend or a fire beware kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, if you haven't played Crunch Trigger by now, like you don't want to, right? Well, if you haven't played Crunch Trigger by now, you should get a DS and play that one. That's true. Definitive version, mm-hmm. cutscenes, no load times. Uh, so I keep playing footsie with you. My bad. So that's it. That's the Console Crusade episode one. Hopefully, y'all got to know us a little bit better. What's uh, our names again? Uh, I am Nick. I am not Nick. It's EJ. I'm EJ. <laughs> um, Probably didn't say your names enough during that. Sir Nicholas over here. Who cares, man? No right. one's going to watch this. Andrew's going to listen to 10 minutes of this. And be like, oh, and be that's good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, your brother or... Dre, yeah. No, it was a fun experience. We're not doing this. We don't... Not necessarily to let the whole fucking world, like, you know, we, we want to have a conversation about video games. We want to rub in this. We want to steal in our nostalgia. And our own filth. And, well, that's, uh, yeah, everyday occurrence for me. Probably not even doing the, the video stuff very frequently. I mean, if we can get our webcams dialed in, because because he lives in Portland, I live in Eugene, so 
this is a rare occurrence. I feel like a three hour difference makes it a little bit difficult to get in the same room. It's really actually, now that I say that, not that difficult. I've been home every fucking weekend for like two months. Yeah. It's the first weekend I've been home. And you're the, here. That's not the smartest idea though. And how often are you going to be able to get your this equipment? And like, I can get this every weekend. It's not a big deal. We'll see what happens. We're going to see how this goes. Play it by ear. We're going to see what happens. But everyday GBA comes soon. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see what happens. So thanks for watching y'all. No one, wa- no one's watching this for two and a half hours. No, nobody. nobody, nobody no. You and I are the only ones who watch this for two and a half hours. Now, if, if maybe in like a year, if we get our our dedicated following of yeah. twelve stupid people that we somehow shanghaied to wanted to track <laughs> of what we think, good reference. Then, then they might go back and be like, "It was the first time." That's true. That's true. Then, then uh, jiggle in the fuzz, put something up. <laughs> jiggle in the fuzz, Your boy, you jiggle coming at you with another video. No, um. At least for me, like it'd be cool to get some sort of. I want. I want to engage with other geeks, not just not necessarily garner a following. I don't care necessarily. I just want to engage with other geeks. Yeah, I don't really a, care. For I don't me, think, I don't think anyone should give a shit about my opinion on anything. Well, it's a thing. So I don't give a shit about your opinion. I still love to you know talk about it because wow, I get to talk about my opinion. Oh, great! <laughs> I, I appreciate your honesty, <laughs> bitch. Hey, mother, bitch. Bitch. Uh, Whoa, opinions, bitch. <laughs> Judgy. That could be your uh, your solo your solo show. Opinions, bitch. Opinions on the bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It suits me. Or uh, let me smack this microphone as much as I can. I, know, I keep fucking doing that. Fucking Chris Brown over here. Whatever, man. We keep bumping this table. Who fucking cares? I haven't bumped the table uh, once. You've been shaking it with your little jalopy. My, 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 my masturbating. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's in the shot. <laughs> so anyway, what I was about to say was there's a really great YouTube community that I want to be a part of. You know, I mean, obviously, I've been following a lot of these I people. guess I can put up those guys. I mean, I'm fucker. already YouTube famous, if you remember. Oh, my God. This guy was featured in a video called Trolling Famous YouTubers at uh, PRGE 2016. These guys are doing a bit where they asked every bearded guy if they were Gerard the Completionist. And he made it on the video. Uh, totally unbeknownst to me. Especially to me. Especially to you. <laughs> it popped up my YouTube feed. And I'm like... Fucking Nick is not. I just video. remember seeing that picture that you screenshot and sent to me. You're just, <laughs> I'm like peeking outside. You're peeking out, looking that's, at your fucking your, your strategy guides. That's pretty funny. But I was like, oh my god, I can't believe like I was, Nick's in this video I'm watching. I was like, no way. Are you Gerard? So that was great. But th- that community is like, I want to engage with these people, and you know, like I do now as a follower of some of these people. You get on, you comment, you bullshit. You want, you know, it's 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 a nice little community for the most part. But I have to take your word for it because, as you know, I'm not very. Uh, I'm not in the know. I'm not. Dialed in when it comes to the YouTube. You're a stuff. podcast man. I like I like listening. I mean, so am I. But but my preference would be to watch all the podcasts. And I even like the podcasts I listen to and that I listen to like weekly follow. Like I don't I don't engage them on like a fair enough. I don't leave comments or I don't like comment or subscribe. I don't I don't like them. Yeah, no, it's all too much. That's too much uh, commitment for me. You know, that's what I want to get to though. I want to be able to engage with fellow fucking geeks, fellow nerds who want to who want to just. You know, like open up that discussion. Yeah, down here in Eugene, I don't get enough. Uh, I don't get enough geek. human contact. <laughs> well, yeah, but especially of the geek variety because um, I feel like all the geeks I know here are like fucking like high school kids. I'm not gonna go hang out with high school kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know that that is like a very big part of the YouTube's though. I mean, uh, those, that's, young, those younger people. I mean, yeah, but like we're kind of like. In the upper ages. I wouldn't say that. Like, I got follow like the game chasers. Those guys are like fucking mid okay, but and they, all their followers are a bunch of fucking. Old geeks like us. So you do stuff for them, and that's like NES stuff, and that's like 
old people stuff. I don't really plan on talking about NES stuff because I have no like association with that really. Fair I enough. hardly have association with Super Nintendo. That console came out a week after I was born. Like you know, I, I played it, but I, I wasn't yeah. part of it. You know, Fair. even sixty four was like a little bit early for me. Like it wasn't until GameCube that I was actually like plugged in. I was reading well, Game Informer, and that was like culturally relevant to me. I guess we're just gonna fucking wing it. We're gonna see what happens. Oh, yeah. We're gonna put this out in the world. And what? What's gonna happen? So, if you're still here, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, you poor bastards. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, like, yeah. comment, subscribe. <laughs> no, none of that shit. None of that crap. <laughs> don't do any of that. No, don't do that. Uh, just come back next time. Go to our time. Patreon. Leave us a cut. Leave us. Yeah, fuck. Oh, we got dude. a Kickstarter going. <laughs> oh, my God. Give us your money. I hate that so much. Oh, yeah. We need that ad revenue. No, no we're going to spend our own hard earned cash no. on this fucking bullshit. Leave a comment, man. That's that's all we ask. Leave a comment. Chat with me. Let's talk to you. We'll set up a. We'll have an email set up. Probably pimp that out eventually. Email? Come on, man. What year is it? Dude, people email. Oh, Twitter. Listener mail. Oh, dude, Twitter. I love, dude. Of all the podcasts I listen to, listener mail is the most engaging and the most interesting to listen to. That's true. We'll see. So, if you're watching this, you tell us what the fuck you want. If you're on Twitter, we'll do it. We want to engage <laughs> with you. We want to talk about about some video games. Uh, give us your top ten games. You, the one person watching, give it to us. I want to know. <laughs> you, motherfucker. I want to know. Trevor, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This has been real. And cheers to empty beer here. Good night. We out of here. Peace. Oh my god. Yeah. Can we like fucking open a window, please? <laughs>